Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, July 31st, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 326. This is No Agenda. Reporting from the front lines of Gitmo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center in the Lone Star State, the great state of Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from California, which is a little bigger in some way, shape, or form, northern Silicon Valley to be exact, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got a bigger, it's, it's broke bigger. Yeah, actually, Texas is doing pretty well. Texas is doing amazing, John. They've got under 5% unemployment here in Austin. Of course, those are government numbers, so let's just make it 10, but still. Uh, everybody's happy, and everybody's pretty. Oh, there's a lot of pretty people down there. Oh, my goodness. We had a, uh, a meetup yesterday. How many people do you think showed up to our Austin meetup? 33. Yes, sir. Right on the button. It was unbelievable. 33. Everyone was like, okay, who's the Fed? <laughs> you can spot him in the picture, by the way. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah. He picked us up, of course. Chris Coolings. Yeah, uh, totally. You see the guy with his, his hat, his black, t- he's got a Dignation t-shirt on. And, uh, oh, there's a giveaway. Yeah, and round black glasses. Is like, dude, it's so nice of you to pick us up, but, you know. And he didn't exactly know the way. Which is a, another telltale sign, He's from right? Langley. Yeah. <laughs> Only been to Texas once. Oh, man. Uh, so, yes, we are here in 100-and-something-plus uh, uh, degree heat. In the morning, everybody. In the morning, my friend John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, and in the morning to all ships at sea. Yes, boots on the ground, feet in the air, ankles in the straps, and, of course, all of our... Uh, human resources all charged up and ready to go in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Ready to go just the way their government loves them, as we depreciate your lifetime $9.2 million value. Now, of course, as we rolled into town, John, it's great. We had some local breaking news, and there's nothing like local TV stations to get uh, the uh, the B team reading the scripts. Of course, this was uh, another, uh, a foiled attack on Fort Hood. You follow this? Oh, yeah. So This is uh, kind of a stretch. They're not getting any traction with it either because of all this congressional action. So when you get the local news, that's when it really becomes funny. You know, it's like, because, you know, they, they get the, I guess they get the missive from on high. It's like, okay, we're going to, we got to stir up something. We got another Fort Hood problem. So the way I understand it is there's this uh, sergeant or, uh, I'm sorry, private first class. And uh, he did an interview with Al Jazeera, what, two years ago? And, uh, and of course, you know, they're filming him in, in, in the barracks. Uh, they're filming him in his uniform. He's uh, praying towards Mecca. I- I'm sure all of this is perfectly acceptable, <laughs> right? I mean, that's all, it's not a problem whatsoever. Are you still with me? Because I'm seeing problems here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, maybe not. Well, keep talking. You sound <laughs> we'll, good. Just, we'll just keep going. Pretend nothing's wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, like there's no security officer that's making a big deal about that at all. It's, uh, you know, that's no problem. But uh, apparently this guy uh, went to buy some ammo and some guns, and that was, uh, oh, he's going to attack Fort Hood. 
Yeah, right. right. Well, let's make, yeah. And I guess some gunpowder or something. I don't know. Well, I got the clips for you. Local news is always the best. If you want to see through all of the BS, here you go. The alleged attack was going to focus on killing Fort Hood soldiers, but it wouldn't have happened inside of Fort Hood. That's why some people surrounding the Army Post are feeling a little uneasy whether they're a soldier or not. Just across the street from Fort Hood sits Mission Taco. Come in at any hour, you'll probably find a soldier. <laughs> this is great. It's great, right? Mission Taco. Yeah, this is set up. <laughs> this is perfect. But Friday, you also found some head shaking. He's born in Texas, American citizen, and then he wants to pull this stuff. This man works in construction on Fort Hood, a place that's seen violence before and now just skirted more. It makes lunch a little harder to digest. He felt kind of unsafe. Did you hear, by the way, did you hear the, the, like, the anthem in the background on that? They, very mm -hmm. subtle. Very, no, very I didn't hear the anthem, but I, I was still trying to digest something or other. What was it? It uh, uh, makes well, lunch tougher to digest. These guys are corny. <laughs> yeah, the, who writes this stuff? But 60 miles away, the security was airtight as Nasir Abdu appeared in a Waco courtroom, <laughs> but showed little respect for it, refusing to stand before the judge and then shouting the names of Fort Hood shooting suspect Nadal Hassan and an Iraqi girl who was raped and killed by U.S. soldiers in 2006. So I love this. Like, you know, why don't we have that audio or that? video. Wouldn't he just walk into the courtroom and go, Hassan! Hassan! And girl who was raped! Whose name apparently we don't know at uh, the local TV station. You still with me, John? Yeah, no, I'm just listening. Go on. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm seeing stuff that's saying that we're not connected, so I'll, <laughs> I'll just keep going until, uh, until you're gone. An affidavit was then unsealed showing Abdu's backpack and hotel had all the things one would need to blow things up. Clocks, wire, gunpowder, pressure cookers. Ah, pressure cooker! This... <laughs> did you know What's that that... guy likes to cook? <laughs> this is what you need when you're going to create a bomb as a pressure cooker. I didn't know that was a, necessi uh, uh, a necessary piece of equipment. A pressure cooker. No. <laughs> what do you do? You put the gunpowder in the pressure cooker? Well, you put the pressure cooker as the container for, you know, because you want the thing to kind of have. Oh, oh, okay. So a pipe is no good. It has to be a pressure cooker. So essentially, yeah. a pressure cooker is a pipe, okay. you know, for, for these purposes. But a pipe is probably cheaper. Yeah. All right. I waste a good pressure cooker. Now, the, the kicker comes at the end of this report, which is hilarious. Magazine article. And the targets would be restaurants soldiers often visited, just like Mission Taco. So they're going to, he, he wasn't going to actually shoot up in Fort Hood, he was going to blow up Mission Taco. We didn't know until CID came in, and then we looked it up on the internet, and that's how we found out about it. Janet Boyd, who has an army husband, says they didn't know about the plot until the investigators walked in from across the street. We were just asking some questions about uh, if we had any security cameras, security. if we knew any information or had heard or seen of him. It's a close call at a place that sits very close by, and a place that still has a tragic November 2009 memory that is never far away. It's a constant, you know, reminder of what had happened, but you just have to pray and just let, you know, what's going to happen happen and trust our government's going to take care of us. And I love it. Trust that our government's going to take care of us, John. That's all. You just got to trust the government's going to take care of us. And what was this guy actually charged with? Nabdo is next due in court on August 4th. He faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted of possession of a firearm, which was the only charge he was faced with on Friday. So We're this whole thing... What? Yeah. He was only, the only thing he was charged with was having a firearm, which I think in the state of Texas is like, uh, it's like you go to the Boy Scouts, you get your, your, you know, you get your concealed carry permit. I mean, what is that? 10 years for having a firearm? And that's the only thing he was charged with. No, of course it doesn't make sense. It may, but I have to say, 
getting 10 years uh, charged for having a pressure cooker. Now, now, yeah, now, now, you're, now talking, you're talking. Now you're talking my language. So uh, this thing is obviously bogus. Uh, and I, I, but yeah, you're right. It's not getting much traction. So they tried to bring out the gun, o- the gun shop owner. Now, John, this is all part of the "see something, say something" campaign. Uh, Did it? Yeah. Well, here we go. Did you notice on that day? It was something from the very beginning, right? Uh, I think uh, our first concern, or what drew our attention to the young man, was the fact that he arrived. Uh, at the business in a in a commercial taxi. Ah! Stop the presses! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Hold on a second. Have you seen something? <laughs> something? Are you driving in a cab? You could be a terrorist, son. You're terror, terror. But he keeps it going. It's great. And why was that odd to you? It just seemed out of place. We don't often have people come to the store in taxis. Uh, it wasn't a major so issue I at the moment. The cops. If you ain't rolling up in your in your your F one fifty with a gun rack, uh, you're kind of suspicious, son. Uh, we just uh, through the surveillance system at the store were able to uh, to see the taxi pull into the lot the oh. driver got out oh he no was kind of milling around the vehicle oh the driver was kicking his tires i called the cops this is crazy meanwhile at our meetup yesterday uh i would say conservatively 45 percent of the producers had guns with them <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah you're in texas people yeah. carry there yeah it's fantastic and you know who i met um, do you remember the story about uh, we got a donation from uh, a guy and a girl? And uh, hold on a second, I have uh, I have their names here. It was uh, Melissa and John DeLeon, and and uh, that she would play the uh, airline traveler, and he would play the TSA agent at home, and they do the enhanced pat down game. Do you remember that? No, I don't actually. Sorry, <laughs> I did. And yeah, when I, you would. And when I saw her, I was like, "How now?" Is it, is it, she's like, uh, she's like five two, hotter than hot, and uh, and she had and she's like, "Oh, you know, remember that? Yeah, we, we play that game a lot." And uh, and so and so is coming over, and she's gonna bedazzle my forty five with uh, with with pink jewels. These people are great here. You should move to Texas. <laughs> hey, shall I tell you something? Serious consideration. Yeah, well, the problem with Texas is it's so... I don't know. What's the temperature there? Well, it's very hot right now. Um, it's uh, it's over 100 degrees, and they've had a severe... It's kind of a dry heat, though, isn't it's it? It's very dry. No, it's nothing like Louisiana. I mean, that was yeah, really, no, it, really when it, I lived in Texas when it was 106, and I'm roaming around, and I, it's, it's very comfortable at that temperature. It's okay. Yeah, it's absolutely okay. Um, and uh, they do have a drought right now, so uh, you know we're right near Lake Travis, staying at a friend of mine. Uh, this is a fr- this is a friend, uh, Greg Lawley, who's been my friend for twenty five years, and we see each other like once every five six years. And uh, so it just happens he's in town. And, Does he tear uh, up your uh, driveway too? I'm just <laughs> Go on, never. He now has an invitation to come and mess up my driveway. Uh, I mean, I I had to move the. Uh, the Duchess, the Four Winds 5000 to a better spot to get to Wi-Fi. And uh, I backed out of the driveway, and I got stuck like Obama's limousine at the uh, embassy. And uh, I, 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 I dug a, 
a groove in the street in one of these gated communities. I swear to God, if kids are riding their bikes down the street, they're going to wipe out when they hit this thing. <laughs> like, oh! So I'm going to have to figure that out before I leave. He's not going to be happy. But Greg, How did uh, you get into the driveway without digging a hole? Well, for some reason, when you, uh, it has to do with the angle. But I was backing out, and, uh, and I was in a hurry because you know, I, I, we were late to start the show. And uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, I'll fix it with Greg. But Greg has the, is a 7,000 square foot home here. It's amazing. And we got a whole wing to ourselves. So we've been like in air conditioned, beautiful, <laughs> hanging out, cooking, taking showers every five minutes. It's beautiful. No, no personal income tax in Texas. No personal. Uh, people do complain a bit about the, um, about the property taxes. They seem a bit high. They're about. Uh, uh, they're not as high as they are in California. No, that's that's what I tell everybody. But man, it's it's actually is a lot like Los Angeles. You got hills. It's green. Well, that's only Austin. Yes. Well, I'm talking about Austin specifically. They've yeah. got a film industry here. They've got a music, big music industry. Of course, it's the live music capital of the world. They say they've got uh, a they've got a, a interactive industry. Of course, you've got Dell. Uh, Dell is based out of here. Um, and you know, Miss Mickey has said a couple times. She said, "I could live here. I could live here." I'm like, okay. There's lots to do. There's, yeah. uh, it's got a, it's an intellectual community like Berkeley. Well, not like Berkeley, but no, like Berkeley. no. They they don't have bamboo utensils, John. It's not like Berkeley and, at and you, all. You know what? Look around. <laughs> they <laughs> that, do have bamboo utensils. There are some, yes, but that's kind of the cool and, thing. But they have the big college there. That's what I'm trying to to right. relay here. The big University of Texas, which actually has a better, uh, uh, one of the big budgets right now. They're actually one of the top schools in the country, so you have a lot of smart kids around there. And, uh, and they're all yeah, pretty. it's a nice little place. And they're pretty. Everyone's pretty here. Oh, well, everybody gets dolled up in Texas. In fact, I've talked to women about this because uh, it's actually, you know, if you go into an office environment, that typically the women are just dolled up. They're wearing hot clothes, they've got yeah. a lot of makeup on, and they get their hair all done. And I've asked women about this who are from other parts of the country, and they say, uh, you know, it's a little, you go there and say, holy crap, you know, what's going on with these women? And then I'm told you get into it real fast. What do you mean? In other words, you say, you know, this is a lot of fun. And oh, yeah, so no, they, you, you get used to it, you mean. It's like, yeah, I, could, I, I like it here. Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, not like it, but you actually start dolling yourself up and you start <laughs> looking good. And <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I would be the number one. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to f- Big bi-curious uh, uh, community here? I don't think so. What You'd you be mean? it. There's a big... Uh, everyone's bi-curious. You'd be it. No, no, that's not true. There's a huge gay no. community in, uh, in Austin. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's well known. Well, well you move wouldn't there. You <laughs> move there and get it over with. <laughs> get it out of your system. I would consider living here. There's two direct flights daily to L.A. It's three hours. It's nice, man. It's not, and oh, by the way, real estate prices, hello, very low. Yeah, no, and I know there's no personal income tax. Here's the question I always ask people. We have the same thing in Washington State. There's no personal income tax. Right. Uh, why are the services, the roads, and everything much, much better, better. in a state yeah. that has, you noticed this, right? Uh, we drove up, so we came from Houston. And so you go up I-10 or over I-10, and then you get on uh, Texas 72, the best road we have driven on yet. Smooth as, as, as ice. 
No bumps, you know, just like beautiful. Mickey actually no fell asleep in the back. Yeah, no, you find this, and it, it's the same thing in Washington State compared to California. The roads here are it, disrepair. It's because because of these uh, because there's so much money to be scammed. It it actually worsens goods and services. You can't. It, it, it's unbelievable. These states with personal income taxes really need to uh, look around. I've been unfortunately a lot of these. States without the personal income tax, they see that huge gold mine of soaking their own citizens, and yeah. they keep wanting to do it. Yeah, it's funny you say that, because, of course, uh, there is one downside to the entire state of Texas, and that would be uh, Rick Perry. Adios, mofo. And uh, so he, of course, has corrupted a lot, and uh, he's tried to turn every single road into a toll road, uh, and the people in Austin just won't have it. Uh, but if you drive up, uh, there, there's a toll road, the Katy Toll Road, I think it is, uh, which no one's on, of course. And uh, so, you know, that that guy, and that is not a popular guy around these parts. They no, think, that, guy's a, that guy's bad news. He, yeah, and people here are saying, you know, you watch, he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the Republican nominee. Nah. Well, I'm just saying what the people around these parts talking about, Johnny Boy. So. Um, but wow, yeah, yeah. People in the, uh, the Baroness in the chat room just said Adam sounds happy. Yeah, I am. First of all, I'm here with my buddy, it's great hanging out. Um, but uh, this is just beautiful. I, it, it's a contender, John. It is an absolute contender. Shoot, maybe Christina might even move here with us. She could work here. There's tons of work. Yeah, she'd fit in. She'd make herself up. Do her hair, you know the whole thing. She 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 looks like a Texas girl almost she already. Does. It just needs some boots, exactly. Needs some <laughs> some boots. boots and a hat, and she's good to go. A bandana. No man, it was uh, it was great, and the meetup was uh, spectacular. We missed you very much. You have to you have to realize, John, that um, we were a little bit late because, of course, uh, Chris Cooling's the Fed uh, went the wrong way. Yeah. He's like, where's the Pentagon from here? Let me just think. Oh, by the way, the, the Austin Capitol is the only Capitol building in Texas that has its ass pointed towards Washington. Did you know that? Is this their little story? That's their story. I like yeah. it. I'm buying it. Yeah, what I'm buying it. I like it. I like it. Um, by the way, Christina could get a gun. That'd be cool. Get a gun in California. Yeah, but here everyone's, you know, it's a concealed permit. Yeah, I know, you can carry. Yeah, loaded. Yeah, duh. <laughs> I love it. Yay! Yeah. This is my kind of crime rate. Very low. You know why? Very low. We had, um, uh, who drove us back? Uh, um, this is the, the, the anomaly that nobody wants to talk about. The fact that Texas has carry, uh, that you can carry a weapon, and, and the crime rate is one of the lowest in the country. Right, so we're talking with Gordon Walton, who drove us back. And, uh, and he says, you know, I've got a gun on me right now. So I got two, got one in the car, got one in my hip. And uh, he says, you know, crime rate's really low here. You know, we're really polite to each other. <laughs> so yeah, because, you know, you don't see a lot of road rage around here. He says, we're polite because, you know, you, know, you never know. The guy might uh, have a gun and blow your head off. So we're all really nice <laughs> to each other. It is very low crime. It's like this works. How how does this crazy when you think about it? Like everyone's got guns, crime is low. Uh, there's no personal income tax, yet the city's not broke. How does it work? Counterintuitive. 
Well, totally. counter left left wing intuitive. Right. Leftist, you know, somebody as a liberal uh, mentality, would, they, they don't understand the mechanism whatsoever. It's just impossible for them. So, uh, and some people, by the way, just don't want to believe it. No. And, and, it's, and I understand, certainly, in, uh, in the international world of media that people are stuck in. You know, if, if, when you talk about Texas in, like, Gitmo Nation Lowlands or Gitmo Nation East in the UK, it's like, everyone's got guns, that's just crazy, man, it's crazy! And meanwhile, in the UK, you get a shiv in your ribs. If you look at someone funny in the pub, there's a lot of knifings going on. And it is. It's it's weird to think about it, but it does work somehow. Magically, it just does work. And I so like what it. else we get? So what? What? Where? Where'd you have the meetup? And who? Uh, what'd you talk about? Uh, oh, anyway, so we arrive. We arrive a little bit late. There's uh, so there was 32 people, and then with uh, uh, with our buddy uh, Chris, there was 33 producers. We walk up there at three long tables outside. We're sitting in a nice place on 7th Street. And in unison, everyone goes, In the morning! You know, it's like the best welcome ever. Everyone's already kind of sauced up a little bit. Uh, we had one night there, which was cool. Uh, Sir Dwight Dolson. And he had his ring, and he was proud to display it. And uh, we had tons of people with cameras and... And, uh, oh, man, we've got coolers with uh, barbecue for on the road and all kinds of uh, just great stuff. And, and, and I'd say the number one thing people were talking about was, you know, we're getting by just fine here. So they are kind of living that American dream. Uh, well, when you're, while you're in the Austin area, you definitely have to have these guys turn you on to some of the best. And there's a number of places that are recommendable. Uh, some of the best... Uh, Texas barbecue, and not the ribs. No, no, but this the is brisket. the te- Tex-Mex, right? This is the good stuff. No, no, Tex-Mex, no. What do you mean, no? You want you don't you what you want is barbecue. You want brisket, right on. You want brisket or brisket sandwiches, and the brisket in uh, the Texas area, which is is really their super specialty. Tex-Mex is a is a bullshit <laughs> kind of a creation. Hello, of, of hot Mexican. It's just. Mexican Texas food mixed up. No, it's the brisket, barbecue brisket. That's the key. That's that's what Texas can do. Nobody else does. The even comes close. Okay. Well, we're gonna get us some of that. We're gonna get us some barbecue brisket before we leave. And uh, so yeah, the, the things people were talking about was, uh, hey, this is a great place to live. You guys need to come and live here. And uh, and of course or there else. was some. Yeah, or else. Hey, <laughs> you see this in my pocket? I'm not just happy to see you. You guys gotta move here. Um, and I think a, a large portion of the population is uh, import. You know, there's very few original Austintonians. No, well, Austin's a different animal than Dallas and right, uh, Houston, right, the other right. two big cities. Yeah, we went through. Uh, we went. We we stopped overnight after leaving uh, New Orleans. Uh, stopped about thirty miles shy of Houston. The next day, we got up early and like, okay, I'm going to drive now all the way to. You know, it's only like three and a half hours. Uh, but there was a fuel spill on I-10 in Houston. My goodness. We were in stop-and-go traffic for an hour and a half. It was horrible. And, uh, of course, I had the CB. You know, that's Twitter for truckers. I had the CB radio. That was hilarious. Hey, buddy, can I get around here if I go on uh, 45 North and do the 610? Come back. 
I was trying to find. You're probably way. enjoying that. I am loving it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's awesome. Boy, that boy, oh, that, that good old boy up there, he had a bad day with that fuel spill. Come back. <laughs> who needs a Who needs a ham radio license when you got CB, man? CB kicks butt. Well, CB kicks butt unless you're in some area where you have one of these. One of these a holes with a linear amp, and he's got oh yeah, yeah, pumped to the max. And when it comes across your thing, it just blows your speakers out, and he can, you, nobody can get in. Uh, just, uh, and there's, there's some always, guy around here, yeah. that yaks on CB at some high, way illegal transmitter. Yeah. He's got a heater. He's got a toaster. Yeah, he's got a toaster, and he's toaster. like, <laughs> and it's like he's just he's ran he's he's preaching. He's like he's he's like some minister or something. He's just going and he's, on. And they and always on and have on. an echo. And they always have a a, a big high uh, con, uh, condenser mic with a with an echo on it. Yeah, which makes him totally un unintelligible. You can't understand it. Where it sounds yeah. like Mexican radio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so of course uh, the big reality show continues in uh, in Washington, um, and uh, I had I, there was just there was some funny stuff. There was some funny stuff on C-SPAN uh, that I caught. Uh, that I caught. There was actually a message from uh, the senator from Alaska. What's her name? Murkowski, I think her name is. Yeah, Murkowski. She she was she was. I don't know to be honest about. It, I heard her talk, and it was. I know what you're, which one it is, and it's. I didn't clip it because I thought she was just kind of being a little uh, coy, pontificating too. You know, we need to be more honest. Meanwhile, everybody's lying. Well, that's I, mean, I never of, seen so much out and out lying on both sides. By the way, well, she said something which I thought was directed towards us. I thought she was sending us a message. I uh, I shall uh, explain with this uh, short clip. And. Uh, uh, my brother and sister-in-law are pretty educated people. They follow the news. They follow the politics. Fascinated, fascinated, fascinated by what was going on in this body and really trying to understand what it was that was going on. And I was trying to convey to them. And I realized if it's this difficult for me as a member of this body to explain to somebody that's really pretty plugged into what's going on, what is happening here? Imagine the confusion of the person who just occasionally tunes in to C-SPAN. <laughs> right on. That's us. Except we're not, we're not so occasional. We're, we're not, not so all occasional. the time. I spend more time on C-SPAN than any other. <sighs> I network. know, but I heard that. I was like, yeah, if people tuned into C-SPAN and they could actually sit through that drivel, they would have a clue as to what's really going on, that it's one big show. So I'm watching her. She's, she's tagging the camera. Tagging? You notice this? What do you mean, tagging? She's hitting it with her eyeball. She's oh, looking at. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No, she's she's a she's a media expert. So she's like, like banging that thing, you know, just looking right at it and talking about C-SPAN because she's talking right to the audience. Nobody else did that. Yeah, she the, was, uh, she's good. I have a couple of interesting little clips that I want to get out of the way. One of them is the douchebag from Texas. Hold by on, the John, way, can I just say something really funny? So I'm looking out the window, and uh, I see a neighbor go by on a golf cart and actually hit the brakes and go around the groove in the street. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I am so sorry, Greg. He's reporting it immediately because <laughs> he's got the golf cart. He's obviously going to report it to the home owners. We, hey, we see something really weird. We got an RV like with the hot pockets on it uh, up there, number 108. And uh, I don't know. There's like, they, they may be, I think there's gunpowder in that groove. We got a smokeless, smokeless gunpowder. 
All right. So anyway, anyway the douchebag douche Sheila Jackson from Texas, I might uh, add. Oh, yeah. She comes out and she does the following thing. She kind of she's not even there. She comes wandering in and then she she makes the guy acknowledge her and there's first of all there's there's nothing but essentially gavel to gavel people yelling and screaming and and talking to each other and trying to make their points and she comes out and does this. Massachusetts rise. M- Madam Speaker, I yield to the general lady from Texas, Ms. Jackson Lee for unanimous consent request. As an American, I stand here to vote. I mean, what for? What time? I, I, I yield to, for unanimous consent. Unanimous, the general lady is recognized for unanimous consent. As an American, I stand here united with America, voting yes on this bill to save Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. As an American, I ask unanimous consent to put my uh, my statement into the record. Without objection. Madam Speaker, I'd like to yield uh, one minute to the. Ge- <laughs> hey, show me your passport. Let me so make sure. She, so she comes out and and, and demands. Interrupt, demands, be- yeah. And then she leaves. That's all it was. I just want to be putting the record that I'm for America. I'm American. She's horrible. She is totally horrible. I mean, I don't. I'm, people should be ashamed of having her as a congressman. Then uh, Ron Paul actually uh, was on Anderson Pooper, Anderson Vanderbilt Pooper, and he basically thanked goodness for Ron Paul. Uh, by the way, from the great state of Texas, where I am right now. He, uh, he said it. He said it's all a show and the deal is already done. ...behind you're not supporting it. Is part of your thinking, though, also politics of what happens to the bill in the Senate and, and what happens after that? No, I, I think that's sort of not much of my concern. That's what most of what's going on here is all the politics. I, I've heard that they've already know what to, they'll finally come out of this, but they have to go up to the last minute to see who gets blamed for whatever and see who can get the best edge. But <laughs> there you go. It's already done. Yeah, it's already yeah, done. Yeah, it makes sense to yeah. me. So who do you think is going to get the best edge? Because let, 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 we know that this is obviously a show and a big scam, and they're going to raise the debt limit. Who is going to get the edge, and how is it going to play out? Well, that's the problem, because right now we have two bills that are competing. Neither one of them are acceptable to the other side. And uh, and by the way, we, we, well, anyway, the one of us, the Reed, Harry Reed, supposedly is compromised bill that he dreamed up because he wants his name on it. And then yeah. Boehner's got his bill on the other side. And, and all they do is moan and groan on the uh, Democrat side that Boehner's bill is going to cut Social Security. But they have a couple of short clips typical like the nancy pelosi clip play that real quick hold on a second uh where is nancy it's really funny um the power keeps going on and off is it possible that there's like a breaker uh that that does like a half shutdown or something have you ever heard of that well there's some things that'll go off i mean there's there's certain kinds of breakers that'll go off and then come back on their own i mean they're usually used in lightning areas so, but here's the, here's the crazy thing. I have a monitor. Pl- j- sorry just to interrupt, but I'm a little confused. So I can feel the air conditioner go off. The fan slows down. I can see my laptop's not charging. But the external monitor stays on, and then the, the air coat comes back on again. So is that I like a know. brownout something, some kind of thing? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm no. not there. No, I'm good. I'm good it's happening, though. At least we're up and rolling. Nancy Pelosi. The debt ceiling increase hostage to their desires, hopes, and dreams. And what does the other side want? They'll be honest. Not all of them. They want cuts in Social Security, Medicare. They even had a proposal over in the House to end Medicare as we know it. 
Yeah, isn't that what this is all about, though? No, you played that. I, I got three clips I want to play. Then the second one was a short Bernie Sanders clip. Okay. Does it need setup? No. Same oh. basic clip. I'm sorry. Uh, because of the air conditioner, my hands are wet again. Ugh. I can't, I can't grab the clip. <laughs> wet hands. Yeah, I got it. And included in that proposal, because they want huge amounts of cuts six months from now, no question, no question, massive cuts to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Yeah, but that's what it's about. Yeah, but here, now, I want you to play this clip, which is Dreyer, who's, who's leading the Boehner side in the House, and he's, and he, he's sick of listening to this crap, and he challenges the Democrats in, in, with this clip, challenge on the meaning of the Republican bill. Let's play this. <sighs> Sorry. I was trying to guess which one. And, okay, here we go. The gentleman from California. Madam Speaker, I'd like to yield to any of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who will tell me where in the Boehner bill it says that we want to cut Medicare, Social Security, or any of the other items that they continue to attack. May I, I'd happy to yield to anyone who can point to me where in the Boehner bill it says that. And I'm happy to yield to anyone. Obviously, uh, I'm happy to yield to my friend. Yeah, in the balanced budget amendment that you have, and in the Ryan proposal, you then, have all of it goes after Medicare and Social Security, and we're going to fight you on that, Mr. Dreyer. Mr. <laughs> hey, Mr. So the balanced <laughs> budget amendment and the Ryan bill have nothing to do with the Boehner bill. No. And so they, they have nothing. So this is bull crap, but it's somewhat disingenuous. Both sides are being completely disingenuous because the way... The Democrats interpret the Boehner bill as, yeah, no, there's nothing about Social Security or Medicare, but the only way you can get to their numbers is by cutting something like, but you don't have to cut that. You can cut the military budget, too. But it's just bull crap. This whole thing is bull crap from the get-go. And everybody is, like, going on and on. I liked a couple. I, I got to see some people talk in, in front of uh, the Senate and in a house that I never, I've never seen to chat before in that environment. And I have to say I really like... I have a clip here that we, we, we maybe if we're bored, stiff, we can play it. But I really like Marco Rubio. Oh, I think I have the exact same clip. Is this where he quotes uh, yeah, yeah, Obama? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. He actually quotes Obama, Biden, and Reid. Yeah, and th- did you get the bit where uh, Kerry then interrupts him? Right, Kerry interrupts him, and Rubio does a pretty good job of fending him off yeah. because the point's well taken. But the real f- what he sh- what what Rubio should have said to Kerry. Here's what. Let me explain to people listening. Uh, they're, they're bitching and moaning and blaming everything on the Tea Party. So Rubio reads some, some quotes from Obama, from Biden in 2006, and, and Harry from 2007, Reed. Harry yeah. Reid, which sounds just like what these guys are bitching about today. It was a good and, bit. <laughs> and It was a great bit. And then so Kerry comes in and says, well, these votes didn't mean anything. And what Rubio should have said at that point, he says, you know, because they were just showboating. Rubio says, so are you just telling me that, are you insinuating that they were just full of crap when they gave these quotes? <laughs> and they were just showboating? Is that what you're saying? I think, we, I really, think we, need, yeah, we need the word crap more on the, on the House he, floor. He could have buried Kerry, yeah. but he didn't. He actually yeah. he pussied out a bit. I agree. Pussied out. And instead, let me tell you what we've seen over the last few days. First of all, today... And for much of this time, I've heard all these attacks and name-calling. I've heard, I mean, if we had a billion dollars for every time that I hear the word Tea Party extremist, we could solve this debt problem. So, all this name-calling. So I said, well, let me read some quotes about this debt limit. And I found some pretty extremist quotes. Here's one. Let me read you one. It says, the fact that we are here today to debate raising America's debt limit is a sign of leadership's failure. 
America has a debt problem and a failure of leadership. Americans deserve better. I therefore intend to oppose the effort to increase America's debt limit. A quote from a Tea Party extremist, right? No. This is a quote from March 16th of 2006 from Senator Barack Obama of Illinois. I found another extremist quote. This one says, because this massive accumulation of debt was predicted, because it was foreseeable, because it was unnecessary, because it was the result of willful and reckless disregard for the warnings that were given and for the fundamentals of economic management, I am voting against the debt limit increase. Well, that must be from a Tea Party extremist member of the, of the House, right? No. This is March 16, 2006, from Senator Joe Biden of Delaware. And last but not least is a quote from September 27th of 2007. It says, I find it distasteful and disturbing to increase the debt limit yet again. Clearly we need to change course, and this debt limit bill is just another reminder of that. And that is from the distinguished senator from Nevada, the majority leader. <laughs> Do you want to hear Carrie, or can we... Uh, no, we, uh, we can I'm skip it. So it, it yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, so the, uh, of course you can find him in the show notes, uh, 326.nashownotes.com. Yeah, the whole thing is, it's a good show, I have to say. Uh, John, if you and I were producing the show, uh, we would have tightened it up a lot, and we would have had hotter chicks uh, on the show. Well, I would have also had sound effects between, you know, the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, here we go. It's back to the house floor, everybody. Good morning. Thank you, darling. Uh, the president uh, came out with his... Uh, his uh, weekly address, and here's a WTF moment for you. Oh, by the way, before you go to that, can I? I do have a prediction I want to bring out, oh. which is based on a clip. Get the book. I'm gonna. I've got the book out. Here's the. Here's the prediction. Mm-hmm. Now, now, of course, this is contradicted already by uh, Ron Paul, but I still am going to make this prediction. The prediction is, and, I, and it's, it's a kind of a twofold prediction. The first prediction is that. Obama is going to pull the 14th Amendment card. You really think, after he said explicitly he wouldn't do that? Well, here's the reason. It's because I have the Harkin speech, and this only I only clipped the beginning of it, but Harkin went on and on, demanding almost that the president do this, and then he excited a bunch of examples in the past of presidents going against what, you know, questionable constitutional moves. And, and so I think they're either going to push the president to do this and i think it would be i think the republicans should could make him do it because i think it'd be even better theater if he does it or they're going to be or it's a game of brinksmanship where look if you don't do this and take credit for something or other the president is going to do this but harkin basically tells him to do it he's a senator essentially telling the president to steal more of the senate's authority which i think is kind of weird but th- I've noticed over time that the Congress has been giving the president, the executive branch, more and more and more power. I mean, the war pup thing is a perfect example. They don't yeah. have. Why haven't they yeah. impeached him for that? Uh, anyway. Do we want to play Hargan? Yeah, play Holo Hargan. So that's the lead into the uh, prediction. Legal pundits. It does not belong to columnists. Rather, it belongs to the American people. And you, Mr. President. You, Mr. President, you have been entrusted by the American people in a very clear election to, as it says right here in the Constitution, <laughs> to faithfully ex- to play golf, execute the office of the President of the United States, and to the best of your ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. Why didn't he say both of you, Mr. President? United States. <laughs> so, Mr. President, Mr. President, 
The, second, the 14th Amendment makes clear the full faith and credit of the United States cannot be destroyed. The only case on point ever decided by the Supreme Court said the Congress cannot alter or destroy those obligations. Cannot. So if the Congress, through an action, through an action or action, tries to destroy or alter those obligations, I believe it is incumbent upon the chief executive to exercise his authority, to exercise his authority to make sure that the full faith and credit of the United States is not jeopardized, is not jeopardized. Squirrel. The president should use his authority to do so. And I will give you three examples where there is no precedence, where there's no clear authority in the Constitution, but where the president exercised that kind of authority. Thomas Jefferson, purchasing Louisiana Purchase. He wrote letters, and I have them here, and I'm going to ask that they be sent. Yeah, you can kill it now. So, hold on a second. We researched the 14th Amendment, and yes, in, uh, what is it, Section 2B, I think, there is something about... Um, you have to pay our debts. Yeah, but there is, but there has to be complete transparency about those debts, and we went through this. There's a whole bunch of stuff that no one would ever want to show because then the Pentagon would actually have to have their books in order. There's a, well, there's that a, would be something. There's a lot. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of legalese behind this. So your prediction is he's going to pull the Fourteenth Amendment? You really believe that? Yeah, if they don't resolve wow. this by the tenth of August, I'm absolutely sure. He I don't think so. No, I don't think so. He's because right, well, I, he, like he's, said, so, could... he's so anti-constitutional. He doesn't want to do anything. He, he steers away from the Constitution, and has specifically said he wouldn't do that. Now he's confused in general, man. Listen to this about tax. What is tax, John? Please explain to me what is a tax. The tax is where the government takes your money. For some purpose or other. Oh, no, 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 no. Not according to the president in his weekly address. Very little time. We need to reach a compromise by Tuesday so that our country will have the ability to pay its bills on time. Bills like Social Security checks, veterans benefits, and contracts we've signed with thousands of American businesses. If we don't, for the first time ever, we could lose our country's AAA credit rating. Not because we didn't have the capacity to pay our bills. We do but because we didn't have a triple-A political system to match it. Right. Make no mistake, for those who reflexively oppose tax increases on anybody, a lower credit rating could be a tax increase on everybody. <laughs> We'd all pay higher interest rates on mortgages and car loans and credit cards. So that's not a tax. <clears throat> that's not okay. Now this guy... So uh, so we don't have a triple-A political system, thanks. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, one who, wrote, who Did they pay somebody a bonus for that one? Yeah, the Carney, spokeshole Carney. Uh, but then if we don't pass it, you'll get a tax in the form of higher interest rates. It's not really a tax. I mean, yeah, we're paying more, but it's not really a tax. Yeah, it's like me going to Las Vegas and then betting on black, it comes up red, and I lose the money. That's not a <laughs> That's tax. That's a tax. <laughs> you just got taxed, son. <laughs> anyway, uh, while we're on predictions, uh, the distinguished gentleman from Ohio, my friend Dennis Kucinich, I, I do like this guy, even though um, people from Ohio tell me he's a total douche and wants to run everyone's life there. Yeah, he, they, they claim he's a, a basically a fascist Nazi. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I don't know, but he uh, helps me in my argument 
about the ratings agencies. Here we go. As Congress struggles uh, to come up with uh, this deal over government debt, we all know that uh, all we had to do was raise the debt ceiling. And that the chaos the country is being thrown into is not necessary. Simple. Raise the debt ceiling. Protect the credit of the U.S. And then debate how to cut our, our debt afterwards. We're trapped in a debate where there's another game going on over our heads, and that game involves the rating services, in particular standards and poor, standard and poor's. Rating agencies helped put the U.S. economy in the dumper in 2008. Dodd-Frank was the first effort to hold rating agencies accountable when in fact they should have been subject to civil fraud charges as well as revocation of their license at the SEC. Just a few months after Dodd-Frank passed, Standard & Poor's strikes back with a threat to downgrade U.S. debt, a downgrade which would cost U.S. taxpayers billions of dollars a year in extra interest payments. The U.S. is sovereign. Standard & Poor's is not. When we work to raise the debt ceiling, we should also raise questions about Standard & Poor's. Maybe it's time to downgrade Standard & Poor's to junk Tom status. <laughs> junk status. Junk status. I love him. Yeah, Moody's did come out, uh, and they said, uh, here's the quote, the limited magnitude of both debt plans put forward by congressional leaders would not put the nation's AAA credit uh, rating back on solid footing. I'm telling you, downgrade coming, and it makes so much sense, because this is what the bankers want. You know, they've downgraded Cyprus after they blew it up. Well, you <laughs> know, <laughs> he's, he made a little point there that just happens to coincide with something that I ran, that Horowitz sent me today, mm-hmm. which I never thought about. and. And and Kucinich makes this point you didn't pick up on. I didn't, wouldn't have picked up on it. Where he says, Dodd, you know, we didn't have this threat about the about the downgrade until Dodd Frank got put in play, oh. and it seems to have pissed somebody off. And now I'm now there's a there's a chart that Phil, I guess Erlinger Research came out with on page count of legislation. And you have to remember, nobody ever wanted to go back to Glass-Steagall because it was so right. effective. And, yeah. you know, it, were pretty yeah, it worked, it worked too well. One. Yeah, who wants that? It worked great. Yeah. The page count on the financial regulatory, the, 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 under a chart called financial regulatory complexity, the page count of the Glass-Steagall Act was 34 pages. The page count of the horrible Sarbanes-Oxley, which is pretty much largely responsible for the lack of IPOs and, 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 and activity in the tech sector. 66 pages. Mm-hmm. The page count of Dodd-Frank. 2,000, I think? 849. Yeah. Good so enough. it's 10 times more complex than Sarbanes-Oxley and Glass-Steagall combined, basically. And it's... I can see, you know, this. Probably, I don't know what's in there, but it might, you, maybe it's one of those things you. Because I know you love plowing into these things. Yeah, I'll bet you it's like that cap and trade act. It's just a bunch of weird crap in there that is hopeless. So then, in a way, you kind of agree with my argument that there is a war going on. That Moody's and and uh, Standard and Poor's are saying, "Hey, you guys shape up, or we're going to screw with you." And you said they wouldn't do that because they don't want two to the head. But I, you know, I really I think they, few- well, I still stick with my theory that they don't, they're not going to do it, but they can keep threatening it, and, and which is just pr- close to being bad. And, but and why, would, bad. why would the international banking cartel downgrade and screw every single country but the U.S.? I mean, because we run the cartel. Give me a break. <laughs> no, they run us. No, we run them. We'll see. Okay. Are you willing to put a dinner on this? I asked a bet about this before, and you wouldn't take the bet, so I'm not taking the bet mm-hmm. now. 
Anyway, uh, the, uh, the slaves of the country, and in this case of the Latino community, uh, they're lapping it all up. The president spoke in front of the, uh, the LARC, I think it is. Is that La Raza community? I'm not quite sure. LARC? Let me look it up. LARC. Yeah, you look that up. Raza, of course, is an uh, unbelievable, it means the race. Yeah. Which is like what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, but but listen to Seems the crowd. Little, uh, listen to the racist. crowd as as Obama says, "Hey, you laboratory know, animal research center." That's them. Those guys. <laughs> Screw those guys. I know some people want me to bypass Congress and change the laws on my own. Believe me. Listen. And yeah. Fascist Mexicans. Wait, it gets better. And 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 believe me, uh, right now dealing with Congress, the idea. Yes, you can. Yes, you can be a dictator. Change the laws. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But, but, but believe me, are they chanting, yes, you can? Yes. They're chanting, yes, you can. When he says, I, I, some people I, 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 would like me to just change the laws myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, this, that's, that's, this is what we need uh, more in, more of this uh, Latino influence that uh, stems from the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> So, uh, groovy. Just groovy, everybody. Yeah, I love it. Good job, guys. Good job. So let us uh, thank some producers before. We sh- short, man. Short list. Uh, the yeah, summer is hit. very well this yeah. show. I, I think our last show must have been terrible or something because nobody gave us uh, much credit. Well, it so, is. it was terrible, and part of that is because of the connection. People don't realize. I just want to say uh, I, I commend you, my friend. Because you're really on the short, stinky end of the stick on these deals. Because you hear only half of the conversation. Uh, it's all broken up. You're getting, you know, you're hearing the clips poorly. You've got a huge delay. Um, it's very difficult. And you know, just imagine having a conversation with someone, which is what we do. We don't talk any other time. So the fact that we're Producing anything at all is quite amazing, but, uh, and also the fact that I can't watch C-SPAN, I'm struggling, uh, you know, the, the day before the show, I'm racing around trying to get stuff, it's almost impossible to to do any deep research, because I have to be in a stationary spot, you know, Wi-Fi is tough, on the road you can't do anything, I grossly underestimated connectivity uh, on the road, so yeah, um, we sucked, and it's reflected in our we do have two uh, executive producers and one associate. Uh, Joe Burton out of Livermore, California, sent in three thirty-three thirty-three. Uh, sent a little note on the side saying he loves my slide whistle, and that's the real reason he's giving us this money. <laughs> and uh, also, I think he's on his way to knighthood. Also, so hit him with a toot. Uh, a toot? You mean with the whistle? Yeah. And this is our donations for this week. <laughs> James Carson in Switzerland at 333.33, and he says, uh, this is an interesting little letter. 
I live in Switzerland. There's no better time to donate to No Agenda because the U.S. dollar is in the toilet against the Swiss franc and against the euro, I might add. I hope this is enough to fill up the Hot Pockets 2008 mobile at least once to hold distraction with the balancing of the U.S. government budget, even though we all know that, that come money, the Senate and the Congress should just kick the can down the road. Of course, it may or may not be what they do. Has done wonders for the Swiss franc. I personally can think that only uh, that the only unemployment rate these career politicians are worried about is their own. <laughs> no Agenda is by far my favorite podcast. You guys rock. I don't watch TV anymore to get the news. Why should I when both of you are doing it for me? He's in need for some karma because he's after working as a global financial sector for the last 14 years in IT. He's now in medical leave due to stress. Oh. Uh, so um, let, me hit him with, yeah, let me hit him with a little shot there. You've got karma. But he's, he is right. You know, it uh, doesn't make a lot more sense. It would, I mean, the most precious thing you have in the world is time. Does it make sense to just pay us to do that for you? Summarize it, neat little package, twice a week, you're done. You can sound uh, informed at cocktail parties. Chicks love it. Uh, by the way, last night there were some people chicks here. Chicks love it. There were some people over. What chicks? <laughs> chicks love it. There were some people over here. Uh, they, they came back with Greg from, uh, they were out, and they'd been drinking. And one of them was from Arkansas. And I laid into him, and he's like, oh, Clinton this. And I said, yo, Clinton works for Bush. <laughs> Didn't go over well. He's like, yeah, Clinton. Yeah, he runs all the all the guns for Bush through Mena, Arkansas. Nah, didn't work. <laughs> I don't think he was packing heat, so I felt pretty comfortable talking about it. Anyway, thank you so much, uh, James from uh, Switzerland. Uh, okay, uh, and then finally we have, um, let's see, James Pierce out of uh, Copperas Cove, Texas, who was over. I guess he, you, you met him. Yeah, he was, he was at the meetup. Yep. It was awesome to talk with Adam and Mickey at the meetup in Austin. It was a great experience. It would have been better if John could have made it. Maybe next time there's some treasure to keep the show going and also f- f- fuel the hot. Oh, he's a, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's James that says he likes to slide whistle. <laughs> so uh, I guess. Uh, and so that's it. That's our executive producers. For well, we actually have a, we have a couple of uh, executive producers that come from the Hot Pockets uh, meetup. We want to thank uh, Gordon Walton. He gave us three hundred dollars to fill up the beast. Uh, the Duchess. He also drove us back. We appreciate that. Francis McClure, $334. So this is actually a donation for uh, the show after the Magic 333. So getting in early. Uh, we appreciate that. And then there's a couple of other uh, producers who will be thanking in our uh, donation segment. It was uh, once again humbling and uh, beautiful to uh, uh, to receive all of the support for, uh, well, certainly for gas money. As we uh, roll on through, going on our way after this, John, to Mississippi, the great state of Mississippi. Did you already go through Mississippi? We're going back. We're doubling back. Uh, the big Ugh. meetup will be um, Thursday night at J- Sir Jeff Smith's Bar, the Big Bang, in Nashville, Tennessee. People are coming from all around, from all around them parts. Yeah, well, that would be worth doing. So, uh, by the way, I want to get some karma out. One karma hit for uh, our executive producer, John Turex, whose neighbor friend, I guess his friend, lost his four-year-old in a drowning episode recently. You've got karma. Yeah, I mean, karma is only so good, it's not going to do all kinds of miracles. It doesn't do much good there, but anyway, our condolences. Big time. So, um, all right, so that's it for our... uh, our big donations for today. <laughs> and, of course, we appreciate your support. The only way we can do this show is uh, through your support of, uh, of the program. We don't uh, play commercials, take any money from douchebags. 
slash N-A. couple of PR mentions quickly, though. Um, we have some forwards, some domain names, forwarding to uh, uh, com. Timetoriot.com, which I think could be its own standalone pretty soon. Uh, here's another good one. People listen to the show very closely. We talked about the compound that uh, Candace and her husband Brian, you know, they're living on that compound. So we now have the domain name gunsandipads.com. Which is, uh, by the way, that that could be a great site just by itself. You know, buy an iPad, get a Magnum 45. (laughs) Uh, People listening, axisofabuse.com. That's a beautiful one, actually. I can't believe we didn't think of that. Axisofabuse.com, now pointing to noagendashow.com. Here's one for you, John, that we can uh, put some uh, subdomain names into, isafractal.com. So this that's kind of cool. We could have all kinds of de- uh, redirects when we have. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Fractal stories, and we can have the name of the fractal dot is a fractal dot com. So I'll work on that. I couldn't believe that this was available, but it turns out that the do- the donation dude, who we'll uh, be talking about later on in our donation segment, he has a couple of cool domain names. He has path to persia dot com, which is filled with all kinds of uh, stories from the show that we talk about the path to Persia, and also donation. Donationsforhaiti.com, where he has uh, Bush saying, uh, well, we know what Bush says, obviously. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. And that's on that website. (laughs) Those are good. I really like those. Yeah, no, those are very good. I like to see those kinds of little offshoot sites, and then they link to us as an afterthought. Um, Yeah. We got got one more. This was kind of fun. Uh, I think there's a vocabulary, a no agenda vocabulary test, but I don't know if it has a website yet. But when I saw this list of words that, uh, who put this together? David Watterson. Just a couple of words that you might want to bone up on on no agenda. John, do you know the meaning of hot pockets, crackpot, buzzkill, shill, dug, knight, baroness, fat bitch, gitmo slave, producer, karma, douchebag, boner, donor, coincidence, squirrel, Pet peeve, science, formula, fractal, meme, scam, boots, coins, skull and bones, conspiracy, bat signal, stargate, false flag, building five, Bilderberg, Illuminati, Monsanto, overlord, Osama, Usama, O Biden. Holy crap, no wonder people don't get this show. <laughs> yeah, they need to, you need a book you need a, you need a, a program to follow the game yeah it it's needs, like, it, like our show is turning into like a cricket match it, yeah exactly it's a, no, uh, no one understands it yet we do break for tea from time to time that's about it everybody else uh, thank you so much you can always go out and propagate the formula our formula is this we go out we hit people in the mouth You mean it? Shut up, slaves. Hell yeah. I got him. Uh, before we go on, I, I, I think it's either Showtime or HBO. One of the two people should check out. There's, I have a movie recommendation for our No Agenda Entertainment guys out there who put the stuff, these recommendations on their little website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not. I think it's, a, it's just a well-paced, very good story, uh, kind of a thriller suspense. Uh Ghost Rider. Have you seen the Ghost Rider? Um, it's it's a, basically about Tony Blair and this Ghost Rider that he's hired to do his memoirs after he quits. No, I haven't it was seen that. Starring Pierce Brosnan as the Tony Blair character. No, I haven't. 
It is great. It's, cool. it's a Roman Polanski movie, so it has that pacing of a, you know, this kind of um, sinister quality pacing that is just very entertaining. Um, okay. Very riveting, actually. Is it's, it on Netflix? I'm sure it's on Netflix. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. It probably is. Might you know, be. This is Ghostwriter. You said something. There were two things that were. Um, Miss Mickey hadn't heard the show live because she was uh, down in the lower ninth ward taking pictures. Have you seen those pictures, by the way? No, I haven't gone back to look at the photos yeah, recently. Yeah, you got to get on the Facebooks. Um, so she didn't hear the show. The pictures are just amazing. So we're listening, uh, and actually to help, I can understand how this show does help people because I had to do like three more hours uh, to get to Houston, and I'm like, okay, if I just listen to the show, by the time the show is over, I'll be almost there. That is, It is quite helpful as a timing device. Yeah, no, and people, that commuters, that's why I think we keep the, the finish time pretty consistent. Yeah. Consistent. And I think users, I think a lot of commuters love the show for that reason. So I'm uh, I'm listening to the show, and right off the bat, you said, why is the New York Times plugging aliens? And I couldn't come up with the answer because I've been unplugged from reality. By the way, the world is pretty nice when you don't have a lot of television to watch. It's pretty cool. It's better to read. Yeah. Uh, cowboys and aliens. Duh. Yeah, somebody sent me yeah. that note. Duh. Duh. We could have known. Duh. And just so people know, this is what we observe continuously, is that mainstream media will start putting in all kinds of weird little stories that are, of course, uh, slipped in by PR companies, big ones like Hill and Knowlton, and they do that to uh, to help promote the psyche movies. of movies. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. I mean, uh, this whole debt crisis is certainly going to help uh, George Clooney. He's got Ides of March coming out. You've seen his posters looking all presidential and crap? Yeah, I've heard it. I haven't seen the poster. Yeah. They're probably, I'm sure they're all over right. L.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, luckily we're not there right now. And uh, by request, John, you wanted to hear a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old singing Distraction of the Week together? Yeah. Your wish is my command, my friend. Distraction of the Week. On no agenda, look over there. <laughs> oh, God. Could they sound more bored? <laughs> Good job, kids. Don't listen to that cranky man. I like what God. you did. I like what you did. For real. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> this leads me right into uh, a story about our friends down under. Uh, in the land of Oz, where, of course, uh, douche baguette uh, Gilliard, uh, who promised no carbon tax and is now, and not just said we're going to have a carbon tax, she's implementing it. And I have a jingle for that. Get more nation down under. Things are getting rough. Get more nation down under. Crikey, I think we're stuffed. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to have something called the Carbon Cops. Yeah, yeah, the Carbon Cops. You better be paying your carbon tax, slave, or you better be turning off the lights or the Carbon Cops are going to come and get you. Yes, 14 pieces of legislation in all that have been released now by the government uh, to be looked at by exposed industry and the like. The carbon cop, as it's been described in the Australian newspaper this morning, with sweeping powers to enter premises, uh, to compel individuals to give evidence, and if that evidence shows uh, that they have breached the carbon tax laws, then they could face up to 10 years in jail, $1.1 million fines for corporations as well. 
well. Uh, all of this legislation, as I say, has been released by the government now, and they hope to get it through Parliament by November. <laughs> they can enter buildings. <laughs> we better get down there in a hurry. I think it's going to be too late. Yeah. But I feel I'm bad. I'm surprised they're not just totally depressed. Well, there's a, a big demonstration today, I think, in uh, Sydney. They're doing a... you you got to be careful, man. you got to be careful of the Aussies. Because you can only push them so far. And maybe this the whole point of Gilead is that she's the the trial balloon. To see if uh, if they'll chop her head off and then they'll bring someone else in. Because she's definitely cruising for it. I can't believe uh, how far this has gone at this point. Yeah, no, she's definitely uh, asking for trouble. As we, as my mom would say, cruising for a bruising. Dot com. A couple of aviation stories that uh, get me irked. You know how uh, how I love it when the mainstream media tries to report on aviation. So the first one is uh, now there's a new report from Polish officials, of course. You will recall that half of the Polish government and elites were wiped out in one go in this Tupolev crash in, uh, in Russia. You know what we never talked about is the fact that the Russians did this to the Polish government once before, back uh, during uh, World War II, or just before World War II, and blamed it on the Nazis. What was, uh, uh, what was the occurrence? It was a, apparently they they took a, the whole town of I guess of, of some of the top uh, leaders of, of the country and butchered them mm-hmm. in the woods and buried them in an unmarked grave, how, which was just uncovered just a few years ago. It's always it's on the History Channel quite a bit. How unhospitable of them! Yeah. So uh, so this plane crashed and uh, there's a new report, and I of course I read through the it's an aviation report. They're saying uh, the blame is. Uh, uh, can be placed firmly on the air traffic controllers on the ground. Uh, so there's there's one thing in there that really doesn't make sense, and I, and I and I I read through the report twice, and I guess it's translated. I don't know if it's translated from Polish, but it's not easy to read. But at a certain point, um, the pilot, according to the black box data, and we don't know if any of this is true, and it's highly unlikely that it is. The pilot changes his altimeter to standard pressure setting 1013 hectopascal. Now, let me just explain how this works. When you are above a certain altitude, um, and it's usually, uh, I think it's flight level 50, so it's, a, it's a, a, a 5, so like 5,000 feet, everyone basically flies on the standard pressure setting. This is important because that, that shows your reading as to what altitude you're flying at, Okay. So once you're above a certain altitude, I think it might vary per country and per region. 1013 is the standard pressure setting. The lower you get, you're going to have to change that. And if you don't change it, well, then you may find yourself uh, flying into the ground because your altimeter say, says you still got two or 300 feet to go, but you're actually hitting the ground. So why the, uh, the pilot in charge set his altimeter to standard pressure setting at 300 feet is beyond me. But this is not what's being pulled out of the report by the media. Everyone's just saying, oh, you know, the, the, the guys, the air traffic controllers made the mistake. But I can't read in the report the air traffic controller saying, uh, set it to standard pressure setting. So it's, 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 there's no conclusive evidence, basically. And uh, um, 
we still don't know exactly what happened other than the result of it. And of course, we remember that video where you, we see what looks like people going around shooting survivors in the head in the woods. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the second, now this one really got me irked. This is the report of the Air France flight, which left from uh, Brazil and crashed right, into the ocean. Right, the one that just disappeared, right? Yeah. They're saying complete pilot error. What? Complete pilot error. All pilot error. The pitot tubes... down? Did you push the stick down and just drove the plane into the ocean? Stalled the airplane. Let oh, me tell... Oh, crap. Yeah, and, and if you read through the report, the plane is not responding. Yeah, it's an Airbus. Instead of someone just saying, you know, Airbuses, I'm sorry, I don't like this fly-by-wire. I really don't like the idea. I like, I like sheet metal, rivets, and, and cables. This computer stuff, and, you know, and so the guys have joysticks, and one was pushing down, one was pushing up, and essentially they, they were so stupid, apparently, these professional pilots, and of course there's always the rookie that's in the, in the cockpit, right? Believe me, this guy's trained. He's not a total dork. They went down from 47,000 feet without figuring out that they had that their indicators were incorrect. I'm just not buying it. I am buying the fact that this Airbus is faulty. But they can't say that, particularly around air show time, where people are putting in orders for Airbuses. And the Chinese are out there selling their own Boeing uh, ripoff. Yeah, the Chinese are sneaking into this. It's yeah. pretty funny to watch. And you know their stuff's going to be kind of junky. <laughs> if it works anything like my iPad, I'd be worried. Is your iPad flaking out? It always flakes out. All this stuff, all this Apple stuff. It's good for a while, and then... The problem with the Chinese products, and I think this is going to, you know, even if they, you know, they make everything. I mean, so, they, so you know, you have a you know, really nice Nikon camera made in China. Uh, I mean, and, and it's great. It's, it's well done. But the problem when, you, when it comes to heavy industry is that, yeah, they could. They, you may have a company that can build some vehicle or say a, 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 um, an airplane perfectly, but they have to. They source within their own country, so they order bolts from some scammer for all day. I mean, at some <laughs> point, you know, the, the the sources for all the little idiosyncratic parts that go into anything that they build many of these are like counterfeits or they're they're off spec or it's like the bridge that they were building over here in san francisco yeah that, that's a great bridge Remember off the piece, spec the pieces didn't fit together right off well, like no that. the welds were no good <laughs> so you know the bridge would probably have collapsed in an earthquake well it can still happen so the point is, is that the Chinese, are, we don't, and of course we're having the same problem here. I mean, there's been scandal after scandal about, about bolts that don't meet the uh, Society of American Engineering. Uh, you, know, you know, a bolt has to, if you buy a bolt, it has to have a specification. That's, <laughs> as, as one does, John. When, tell you, me about the last time you bought some bolts. I bought some bolts, bolts recently. Yeah. But anyway, if you, sure if you, you start to tighten them into like a block of an engine, for example, they're supposed to be able to take so much torque. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to, you know, hold together. Not yeah. supposed to. And they can't the just snap off. Snap off. Snap off. Right. So, what did you buy bolts for? Oh, I was bolting something on the ceiling. <laughs> A sex swing. I wish. <laughs> Hot pockets. And uh, now the news that Foxconn is going to replace one uh, workers with a million robots. That'll be great. Well, you know the funny thing. There's a side story. When I was uh, first time I went to. I went to a, to an Acer plant in Suzhou, which is one of these little areas in China that have all these factories. 
and uh, I'm and it's a beautiful beautiful place. They made keyboards there. And uh, keyboards you know, like musical keyboards or no, you know keyboards. keyboards that you type on. Uh-huh. And so uh, I'm talking to the the plant manager, and I I said, well, you know, and they told me that that they get paid like twenty five bucks a week, and that, you know that's a big deal because on top of whatever else they get. And I said, well, I guess the reason everything's going to be so successful is that because you have this cheap labor. He says, no, he says we're going with robots as soon as we can. Yeah. And I said, what, you're going with robots? He says, yeah, the people are unreliable. They make mistakes. Robots don't make mistakes. We're going to, as soon as we can do it, we're going to move with 100% robots. And by the way, why why can't we put robots in our country? Yeah, those pesky, well, the president's been talking about it, but those pesky robots, you know, it's like those workers that keep jumping off the building. That's a pain in the ass. It's a mess. We have to actually give them $25. (laughs) We've got to give them $25 a year. And, the, and, you know, and then they wind up in a mess on the street. We've got to clean it up. They'll have street sweeping yeah, cleanup robots. Yeah, robots are less hassle. Yeah, yeah, they don't bitch a lot. By the way, uh, people are uh, surmising what you uh, needed the bolts for on the ceiling. <laughs> they figured you were building a swing to lower yourself into the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, man. It's could- actually a 100-inch uh, video screen. Oh, Really? You go, girl. 100-inch video screen. And you can tell the guys in the chat room that they're a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> I know. I love them. So while this big show was going on, there was uh, something that I picked up on C-SPAN. Um, and here's how I did this. This is eight-hour testimony. I only got through three. Because, uh, you know, when you're watching C-SPAN.com, which has the worst video encoding ever, I'm sure the whole website cost $18 million at least. It you sucks. You said a C-SPAN? C-SPAN, yeah. C-SPAN. The C-SPAN website. Yeah, what about it? Their video encoding blows. Yeah, if, I've never uh, noticed that problem. Well, if you're on... Well, please, try it on 3G and, and, and some other spotty connection. It's really horrible. Huh. It stops and it buffers and it, and it repeats. Instead of like buffering, it'll go back thirty seconds. And oh, repeat. I hate that. Oh. So uh, we've got our new director of counter counterterrorism intelligence. This, remember, I read you the whole document, or not all of it, but the, a lot of the document about belligerents and how we're all going to. You know, we're all we're all basically lone wolf terrorists. <laughs> so this guy is a lawyer. He was a lawyer for the NSA. This is the guy who is now in charge. And, and if you look at him, I'm sorry, nothing against lawyers, but it's like a lawyer. It's not the guy I want out fighting terrorists. And uh, <laughs> lawyer, anti-terrorist hey! lawyer. <laughs> Stop that on NBC. <laughs> it's a new series from NBC. Anti-terrorist lawyer. He passed the bar. Now he's pushing it up their butt, or something like that. Um, so he's being grilled by Senator Wyden and Wyden does something very cool, which I appreciated. He, um, you know how, of course it's all these, uh, he's being, so the guy is being, uh, what is it? Certified? What do we call it? Confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. So he's going through his confirmation process. And of course, a lot of it's like, well, we'll talk about this in secret private session because that's all, uh, you know, incredibly, you know, that's a security. We've got to be careful. Terrorists watching C-SPAN. Be very careful. But I, I appreciated Wyden came out with this question. And of course, uh, the lawyer answers it just like an anti-terrorist lawyer would. 
Hello, lawyer. No, we have a difference of opinion here. It's my view that we have to keep operations and methods secret, but we've got to also have public awareness of the laws on the books. So this is widened. So it's good, right? He's saying, you know, we got to have secret stuff, but people do have to know what's going on. We're going to continue this discussion. I'm sure I need to ask you one other question, and that is on a different legal topic. Do government agencies have the authority to use cell site data to track the location of Americans inside the United States for intelligence purposes? No, that's a nice question. What do you think the answer would be, John? Well, it should be no. Senator, I know that that's a question that you've posed to uh, the Director of National Intelligence, uh, Director Clapper. Um, it is a question that... Sounds like, hey, 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 this guy sounds like Timmy Geithner, another leave it to be <laughs> character. He actually... <laughs> He's actually cuter than Timmy. What's um, your guy's name again? Uh, Olson. 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 Yeah, he's one of the Olson twins. Olson with an E or an O? O. O L S O N. Olson. O L S O N? Wow. Yeah, Olson. What's his first name? Uh, Pete. Pete. <laughs> I don't remember his first name. It's not Pete. It's Bart. There is a congressman, Pete Olson, in Texas, though. Isn't that funny? Let's listen to the rest of the uh, I just want to see a picture of the guy. Yeah. ...and difficult question uh, to answer, in, particularly in this setting. <laughs> I will say that... Wait a minute, let me just roll that back. It's a particularly difficult question to answer. No, it's not. John, you just answered the question. The answer is, no, you can't use cell phone data to track Americans. To use cell site data to track the location of Americans inside the United States for intelligence purposes. Senator, I know that that's a question that you've posed to uh, the Director of National Intelligence, uh, Director Clapper. Um, it is a question that is a complicated and difficult question uh, to answer, in, particularly in this setting. I will say that the uh, intelligence community uh, is working as we speak. Uh, I know we've talked to your staff in developing a comprehensive answer to that question, uh, which will be provided to you in writing. Madam President, I I know my time has expired, but just a quick follow-up on that. You seem to be suggesting, then, Mr. Olson, that the executive branch has not yet settled that question. Is that accurate? I think it's very important to be precise about exactly what... I love it when lawyers do that, how they answer those questions. Now, I think it's very important to uh, distract you from answering the question directly. But the question is, and, and, and I... Well, the, que- the question is, does the government have the authority to use cell site data to track the locations of Americans inside the country? I think you answered initially that it had not yet been settled by the executive branch with respect to whether or not there is that authority. I think this is an extremely important point. I just want to make that clear that I believe you're saying it has not yet been settled by the executive branch that it has that authority. I think there are certain circumstances where that authority may exist. I do think it's a very complicated and, and difficult question. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I would uh, ask... It's not a uh, complicated and difficult question. ...question to be prepared in an unclassified setting uh, in writing to you, Senator. Thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah. All right. By the way, the senator sounded like he had his Invisalign still in. Needs to remove those before questioning. So, uh, there's more gold in this, uh, so I'm I'm not even halfway through it yet. 
Um, but it just shows the hubris of our government to have a lawyer running the intelligence because it's not about are we going to, you know, is there someone bad who's trying to do something, do we, you know, go out there, guns blazing, kick someone's ass? No, it's about do we have the legal authority to talk about maybe doing this and have the executive branch approve it so we can go and listen to people's cell phone conversations and. Uh, uh pretty funny it's yeah. like the accountant that wants to be the lion tamer <laughs> so i talking about intelligence like i caught petraeus mm. on some show i think it was bbc night or night it might have been not, whatever the thing is <laughs> bbc nightline night yeah it's not nightline it's whatever it's called <laughs> news night news newsweek <laughs> bbc newsweek <laughs> anyway whatever it's called it could, it might be <laughs> whatever it is just play Petra, petraeus who just seems to me to be like, uh, they brought him in to run the CIA, and he just seems like a, uh, like a phony to me. I mean, it just like, and, he, and, he does, and he's great at, at, at gobbledygook answers where he goes on and on, and they really never says anything. I want to decon- play this and tell me what you think he's what telling what, me here. I what, don't, is he, sure. what is he actually saying is your question? Okay. Yes. yes. Can be depended upon, or do you see exhaustion setting in? This has been a long war, no question about it. Uh, and our countries have shown enormous determination and persistence. My sense is that uh, if that progress continues, uh, if the people recognize that this does uh, enable us to achieve our important objective over time, uh, that they will continue to provide the requisite support. But it's incumbent on us, it's incumbent on our Afghan partners, uh, indeed, to continue to build on that progress uh, so that it can be very clearly seen. Uh, by all those back home who have sacrificed so much uh, for this effort. Oh, I know exactly what he's saying. It, <laughs> yeah, it's incumbent is one thing. <laughs> More drones. That's what he's saying. He's able to achieve our important goals. What? What is our goal? Uh, What's yeah. the important goal? Come on. What is it? Oh, um, to steal money from uh, poor African nations. To uh, take oil. No, I mean the important in- goal in Afghanistan. He's got to be more specific. It's not uh, just the general important goal. Well, to kill brown people. So here's no, something sure. I just here's something I I've been uncovering a lot, and the more I've been on the road, uh, I'm get, people are handing me thumb drives with stuff, and this is uh, and this Did is pretty they, outrageous. Are, what really? Yeah. What do you mean? They're, they're just handing it thumb. It, yeah, hey, it's buddy. like it's like you don't know me. <laughs> but you, oh, I do, do they do it during a handshake? It's kind of in the palm of their hand. Swear and, to God, swear to God, thumb drives, thumb drives, thumb drive. So the two companies that ha- actually uh, we're wrong. The Predator drones are not the ones that shoot the Hellfires. It's the Reapers that shoot the Hellfires. This is already was news to me. I thought the drone, the Predator drones, were the ones that shoot the missiles. They're just doing the looking. The Reapers are the ones that are doing all of the uh, all of the shooting. There are two companies, two uh, government contractors, both I might add owned by American natives, as in Native Americans, that have these contracts. One is the ASRC, which is the I think the Alaskan Slope. Something. It's uh, what is a look this up in the book. Could you uh, do me a favor and just uh, consult the book of knowledge? 
ASRC, which I believe is Alaskan Slope Resource Company or something. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the NJVC. Uh, Arctic Slope Regional Arctic. Corporation. Yes. Corporation. So you won't find it on their website. What's the other one? Uh, NJVC. November Juliet Victor Charlie. So it's the Alaska Native American Oil Pipeline Company. Uh, I don't know their abbreviation. And these, by the way, the ASRC, George Bush's buddies, uh, and Ted Stevens, actually. So this is why Ted Stevens got popped, because I think he was like, he went way over the line somewhere. But how it works is these are oil company contractors, and they get money from the oil companies, and then the government turns around and contracts these guys to go and fly the reapers and kill brown people in sand, which then, of course, immediately the oil companies move in, and we just saw this, uh, what is it now, uh, uh, is it BP? No. I think it has BP. It has the big contracts in Iraq. And now everyone's doing business with the rebels in Libya. So we've got to figure out more. So producers listening to the No Agenda show. ASRC NJVC. These are the companies that hold the contracts for the Reapers. And they are oil company contractors. We've been, we've been put way off base on all of this stuff. We have no idea how it works. And it does seem from the documents I've received. And of course, I can't publish these documents because that is a sure way to have the show be taken off the air forcibly. Um, well, give us a, 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 what is it, what's, what kind of information do you have? How about the contracts? <laughs> oh, yeah, that would do it. Yeah, it was yeah. like, hey, let me uh, upload this. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Not so good. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I also I got nothing. If anyone's got a complaint, go find Adam. He's got this document. I'm just bolting my swing to the ceiling. I got nothing you, to do I, with if that. If I were you, I would burn those things. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm eating them. And I also got all the latest TSA documents. Oh, no, that would be worth having. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not worth having. Uh, why don't I send it to your home? <laughs> What's it, what, what juicy tidbits in there? Well, something that is in the news right now, which is about their new uh, their new Israeli tactics. Here's a, a news clip. This is this is why it was handed to me. It or is. The, the, I have all the procedures. I have every oh. single procedure, every pat down. What they, if you show up in a wheelchair? If you're if you're tw- or if you look twelve or under, every single procedure. I know exactly what they're supposed to do. And we now have the BDOs. The. Uh, <laughs> Hello? 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 Open the door. (laughs) Before it's crime, it's pre-crime. That's right. We have the behavioral detection officers. All right, let's switch gears now and talk about airport security because it's about to undergo (laughs) another change. The TSA is about to borrow a page from Israel's airport security by profiling passengers with behavior detection techniques. But can this method actually be effective here in the United States? This is great, by the way. This thing, this is one of these ex-DHS uh, guys who, of course, works for a, you know, for a company that's selling the stuff. Oh, before this, I have to tell you, someone else at the meetup is an architect, and uh, she um, is working on re-architecting several large airports. I won't tell you which ones. But do you know that they have to reinforce the floors where these body scanners stand on because they're so heavy? 
That, yeah. And like, really? So yeah, these things are so heavy, they have to change the actual infrastructure of every airport. Otherwise, they go crashing through the floor. I'm like, what's in them? She said, cancer. <laughs> nice. All right, so more behavioral detection stuff. Joining me now from D.C. is Robert Lizkowski, a former assistant secretary at the Homeland Department of Homeland Security, that is. He has also consulted. No, oh, really? No kidding. Consulted. What do you mean? Ooh, on airline security. Good morning. Too. Yes, morning to you, Mr. Yes, she, and by the way, she's, she's getting less hot. They got to change her look. Who is it? Uh, what's her name? Uh, Greta? No, Gretchen. Gretchen. From Fox. Oh, Gretchen? Yeah, she's not... Eh, her hair's like... She's got a helmet on now. If you and I were in there consulting, we'd change... She'd be out. Gretchen, I'm sorry. You've passed MILF stage, you're out. Need some hot young blood here. There's some... They got some in Austin. Mr. Liskowski. Good morning, Gretchen. How are hey, you? Hello, Gretchen. I'm doing just fine. So the idea that they're going to start looking at behavioral techniques or attitudes of people, or what exactly do you think they're going to be looking at a potential passenger? How is that read, huh? What exactly do you think they're going to... She botched that completely. Yeah, horrible read. Well, this is a good tool. It's a good tool. Um, this it's is a, a tool? tool. It's a tool. Huh. It was a, a technique. It's a tool. Do, do they know that there's between a technique and a tool? Well, when it's a guy, it's a tool. When it's a now girl, a it's a technique. He's a tool, right? It's going to allow the TSA and other law enforcement agencies to be able to identify or potentially detect those people, whether they're criminals, criminals or terrorists, that are going to try to exploit our vulnerabilities in our systems. Oh. But how will that how will that happen? I mean, the, the TSA officers are going to be called behavior de- detection officers. This is what I have. I have the documents on the BDOs. At 161 airports. So are we to assume that these are the people that, that are checking our IDs and then they might just <laughs> get into a little bit more of a conversation with us before we go through security? <laughs> this gets so good. So this is it's not going to be obvious at all that you're being profiled. Watch. It work. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. a layered approach. They're looking for all sorts of behaviors. They're going to be identifying people in, in line or in the airports <laughs> that are looking that are, you know, acting suspiciously or maybe uncomfortable, and they'll they'll spot them. They'll look at them. And- what if I have to poop and I'm standing in line? And I'll be pulled out and profiled. Yeah, and you'll be pooping in your pants because it takes forever. <laughs> you look pretty uncomfortable, son. I got a poop, officer. <laughs> in line, uh, they'll talk to them, engage them in conversation, look for a certain traits or characteristics that might indicate that they should be selected. How about my Tourette's? That's going to be a dead giveaway. Hey, this guy's jerking his head all over the place. You gotta <laughs> so you're doomed. Wait, I have to poop and I'm jerking my head. I'm, I am doomed. For further screening. All right, so let me ask you this. Will they just take an already employed TSA person mm. who up until this point, their job has been you know, to look at, at the screen and to look at IDs, and suddenly they're going to be a behavioral expert? So this is, I have the training manuals as well. You know how much training the uh, behavioral detection officer will go through? Probably not as much as we'd hope. Four and a half hours. That's it. Four and a half hours. Of which 30 minutes is like, you know, like... Hi, my name's Gary. (laughs) Hi, my name's Gary. Can I talk to you for a minute? You look rather uncomfortable. Why don't you step out of the line, sir? We just want to have a little chat. Well, I think... Four four hours of training and that's going to make you an expert? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be, this is a disaster waiting to happen. That's why they gave me the docs. The process isn't uh, well publicized, but clearly... No, by the way, these docs actually say, top secret, not to be shared with anybody. I'm going to bury it in that that ridge I I made in the road and cover it up. 
Get rid of it. You can look for people that have the aptitude to be able to interact with people in a casual way, not <laughs> cause them to be alarmed, but by the same token, to identify those characteristics, like I said, that are going to be those things that are indicating ab uh, abnormal or maybe anomalous behavior that should be further investigated. This requires a significant amount of training. Uh, uh -huh. It requires people who are capable of you know, using principles but not jumping to conclusions that are going to be you know, using reasonable approaches to identify potential terrorists. All right, so the TSA chief, John Pistol, said this, I'm very much interested in expanding the behavior detection program in a way that allows us to have more interaction with the passenger just from a discussion, which may be able to expedite the physical screening aspects. Hey, would you like a cup of coffee? Hey, come over, sit down. Let's have a little chat with you. Who won the 1927 World Series? Uh, the Yankees. Good one. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the question they used in World War II, so that's how I know the Yeah, answer. that's what I'm thinking. This sounds more like a kind of a, something they do in a prison camp. Yeah. You know, try to catch the... It's messed up. Anyway, so I'm going to commit these documents to memory uh, before I eat them. It was so cool, though. I love when people say, you didn't meet me, you don't know me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're crazy. I may be crazy, but I really don't care. It's better to be crazy because then, you know, it's like, ah, oh, the guy, he calls himself the crackpot. Who cares? No one cares about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what you're going to be. I'm telling you. <laughs> Hello. You better start driving. It's going to be hard. Of course, they can sell They're going to do the cell phone triangulation That's on you. Right. You've got to keep those phones off. Yeah. Not so just that. All they have over. to do is follow the trail I'm dragging with my, with my <laughs> tail hook here. You know, ripping open this roads all across Austin. Uh, so, um, New York National Air Guard has announced it will be using uh, drones over the six million acre park in the Adirondacks. Now, that's just, but this is just the beginning of the documents you want to find. What the rollout process is going to be for drones over our own country. Yeah, well, this is where it starts. They will be uh, piloted remotely by crews based at Watertown's Fort Drum and Hancock Field in Syracuse. Hancock Field, by the way, is uh, famous. And uh, the drones famous are... For, I, I famous love this. for what? I'm sorry? Famous for what? It's famous for something. Hmm. Some landing. Didn't... Uh, uh, it's famous for something. You know what? Once again! It's in there somewhere. Uh, here's the best part of the uh, article. The drones, which are assigned to the Air Guard's 174th Fighter Wing, will be piloted remotely by crews based at Watertown's Fort Drum, Hancock Field, and Syracuse. The drones are not expected to carry any weapons. <laughs> we don't expect them, but it could happen. It could happen. Wow. Yeah. I know. Disconcerting not, to say not that. Not expected to carry any weapons. That means that it's still talking about it. Yeah. Think well, we should carry some weapons on that thing? I don't know. Yeah. What so, do you think? So the neighbor on the golf cart just came by again and almost flipped over. <laughs> what kind of a gouge did you put in the road? It's over. the new Colorado River. God. <laughs> God. I feel so bad. Greg's going to kick my ass. Anywho, 
So, uh, yeah. So let's, let's do our donations, and then we can go, go to the New York Times. Okay. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Huh, huh. In the morning. So uh, we have a few uh, donations I want to thank. Also a couple of, uh, well, I do want to do a, uh, a call-out for... Uh, I guess it's Joe Burton. His son is running cross-country, and he needs a uh, a uh, karma hit. You've got karma. Run, son, run! You can make it. It'll be good. It's good, uh, good practice, because when he grows up, he'll be running from the authorities. Yeah, well, as you will shortly. <laughs> Sean Rice, Calgary, Alberta, $133.33, wants to ask his girlfriend, Melissa, to marry on the show, marry him on the show. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You you dropped out for a second. Say that again. Sean Rice of Calgary, Alberta would like to ask his girlfriend Melissa to marry him on the show. But there is no way in hell she's listening. <laughs> so I will put this cash towards a night ring instead of an engagement ring. Honey, you could have had a hundred and thirty three thirty three dollar ring. Which, which, which is also called a cigar ring. Yeah, which is exactly what Miss Mickey's going to get uh, if these donations keep up like this. Hello? Hello? We want James, to... Le... Yeah. James LePan of Mesa, Arizona, or LePan, I'm sorry. Apologize for falling behind in my monthly donations. I really wanted to be a night on 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, but uh, however, my newest shill decided to be born five weeks early, so ah. my time and resources have been put to her. Um, hope to see you in Arizona, Adam. Uh, I have to admit that karma does work. I had asked for some for fellow producer McDougal to get a job closer to home, and by Jove, he got it. Love that. The karma stuff is amazing. It really is. $11.11 from uh, James, from LaPan. And congratulations with your new human resource. Yeah, it's worth, that's nine million bucks right there. Keith Edwards, Gilbert, Arizona, $111.11. James, do you think, do you think you could mortgage your kid? You know, I don't like, see why not. Yeah. I mean, what's what's the name of the singer? Uh, the the uh, British sing famous guy uh, David. He, he incorporated himself and then sold himself to the public. Who? Oh, David, David Bowie. Bowie. David Bowie. Remember that? Yeah, I got some kind of weird like. What am I hearing? <laughs> I know what you're hearing. Mr. Uh, Curry? I got to turn off the air conditioner. It's not doing Are you well. in there, Mr. Hold Curry? On. Hold on. As he goes and turns off the air conditioner, I'll play a tune on the on the flute. Hold on. Sorry. So as uh, Adam is dragged off to jail... Uh, That's just bugs. Bugs? Yeah. <laughs> it's harp. <laughs> John, if I start talking back to know what you and see by me do, <laughs> it, do I? getting blasted. James Free, Sir James Free Hollow Books dot com, uh, seventy five bucks. Karma for Carl Ranson and Gitmo Nation Kiwi for buying a No Agenda book signed by Adam. Hope you like the book, Johnny. Here we go. Karma for you, my friend. Good job. Thank you. You've got karma. Yeah, I got my my book. He, he sent me a big giant book. What is it? A cookbook? No, it's a book of California Cabernets. You know, you could send him your book in return. It's just as hollow. 
Matthew Phillips in Dearborn Heights, Miss, uh, Michigan, 6969. Producer that Adam gave karma to a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm, this is for a producer that Adam gave karma to a couple of years ago that had no money to give. Hopefully giving money helps them get karma. Well, then let me uh, give a little shot there. You've got karma. And then we have a, an anonymous donation, 55 bucks from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Thank you. Uh, and uh, please mention donation for Haiti.com and PathToPersia.com. We already talked about that. And, and finally, last on the list is Greg Brunsell for uh, $50. And that's all we got. We uh, are, are ground here. Yeah, we do have a couple of Hot Pockets producers that I want to thank. So I already thank Gordon Walton for the drive back and his $300 donation. Francis McClure, $334. George Godfrey, $133.33. 100 bucks for gas and $33.33 for a podcast license. Scott Morgan uh, hooked us up with a $150 gas card and a $100 food gift card for Mama Foos, which we hope to hit on the way out. Sir Dwight Dolson, $100. Thank you. It was great seeing him with his night ring there. Quite the envy of everybody, I have to say. People are like, wow, these night rings, man. People love them. Uh, Melissa and John DeLeon, $80 plus. They gave us um, two bottles of perfume. One is the Barack Obama perfume and one is the Michelle Obama perfume, John. So I'll be saving the Michelle Obama perfume uh, bottle for you. Sam Morehouse, $60. Sergeant Fred, who's done a ton of videos. Uh, Sergeant Fred is a Vietnam vet. Uh, hooked us up with double nickels on the dime. Actually had the uh, the nickels and the dime taped to... Uh, <laughs> uh, Tape to the uh, to his little card here. Um, I have to. Oh, I do have to read a couple of notes. Uh, Francis McClure. Uh, in the morning, Adam and John. Hope this donation helps. I'd like for my son James McClure to get producer credit. So we'll make sure James gets that. You can only imagine how much I enjoy calling my son and comparing notes about the last No Agenda program. I love No Agenda. He does too. James is a dispatcher for a two thirty five aviation company. Loves your analysis of aviation situations. He lives in Austin. I live in Granbury, Texas. So the No Agenda comparison calls keep us in touch. That's so nice. Uh, two other things. I hope you and uh, John go see the undefeated movie about Sarah Palin. She is the real deal. Okay. And number two, please give me some karma to help sell my house that has been on, on the market for six months. So we'll give you something there right now. You've got karma. Um, so thank you to, uh, now we have to go back to Sam Morehouse. Enclosed $2 per podcast I've listened to. Keep up the great work. Uh, George Godfrey, uh, thanks so much. Please uh, use the enclosed to start my knighthood. I could also get a Hot Pockets for my daughter, Sarah Godfrey, and her boyfriend. And wants a Hot Pockets and a Karma. Both are working uh, very hard and just getting by living that American dream. So, yeah, happy to do that. Hot Pockets. You've got Karma. And uh, dear Adam and John, congratulations on the tour. As Otter in the movie Animal House said, damn glad to meet you. Like your show, especially how you deconstruct the arrogant deceivers like the Clintons and Obama. Well, you can add a couple more to that, my friend. I was laid off over two years ago, been out of work, and just getting by as I'm a disabled veteran and living off fixed disability income from Uncle Sam, while the rest of the elites, especially Washington politicians, call us the greedy generation. Would like to give more, but can only spare double nickels on the dime. This is from uh, a Vietnam Combat Infantry Veteran Sergeant Fred. Uh, no gas card, but cold cash. In Texas, this will buy you about 15 gallons of gas. 
It's time I became a donor, not a boner. By donating this small amount, I'd like to give respect due to all the combat com- combat infantrymen out there for selfless sacrifice and service when they're in harm's way, especially to the paratroopers of the 82nd Airborne Division, the Rangers, Green Berets, Special Forces, and the SEALs. Camaraderie gets us through these tough times. Airborne all the way, he says. And uh, then finally, uh, thanking Chris Cooling for picking us up and Drew Klassen for his uh, $50 donation. That's heartwarming, that kind of stuff, for a number of reasons. Um, because I know that uh, we got the guys uh, who have all the training on our side, which is nice. We got people with guns on our side and sysadmins. Tons of yeah, sysadmins. Now we sound like a bunch of nutballs. Thank you. Trying to keep from getting shot. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. No, we're not nutballs. We're talking about it. Why are we nutballs? Because we've got all these cool people who are uh, listening to the show and clued in. No, they're okay. You're the nutball. Oh, okay. All right, just checking. So thank you all very much for this. Uh, <clears throat> this is the only way we can do the program. I can't say it often enough. I can program your brain. Dvorak.org slash N-A and you can also alternatively go to channeldvorak.com slash NA. Uh, we were short this week, so please consider us. Uh, even though it's the summer, a lot of people aren't listening. Uh, we, uh, Miss Mickey and I are on the road. Miss Mickey's still doing a fabulous job on uh, the meetups. We've got the, uh, the Facebook page, itm.im slash tour08. I'm still blogging away at uh, curry.com. And, of course, we've got hotpockets2008.com. And uh, we will be traveling through uh, the uh, Mississippi on our way to Tennessee. Nashville is the big meetup after the show Thursday evening at the Big Bang. Uh, Sir Jeff Smith coordinating that. And apparently he's going to be playing a lot of the jingles uh, during the meetup. So I would uh, hope. Yeah, so we'll have live performances of the jingles. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Oh, I got one more thing to mention with the No Agenda Nation site. Uh, Eric, uh, I guess, got bored recently. And he's uh, going, this will be rolled out on Thursday, but essentially he, some time ago he developed this, he developed this uh, program that lets you scan through every Craigslist uh, uh, site all at once. Uh-huh. So if you're looking for something, you could just hit everything. Of course, Craigslist banned him. So he's got some new uh, proxy way of doing the same thing, but what he wants to do is set it up so people looking for work uh-huh. can hit Every Craigslist posting, and then if something comes up that kind of matches your criteria, you get an email. So how does this work? It's like an automatic search that is searching in the background, and then when it pop, when what you're looking for uh, is available, it sends you an email. Is that how it works? Something like that. That no, sounds good. Yeah, for people looking for work, because he noticed that, you, as you mentioned in the last show, a lot of people don't have jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's no 25% joke. 25% of probably everybody we know doesn't have a job. Uh, that would be the number, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty bad. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll have the, that figured out by Thursday. What's, so. the, what's the, the domain? Is that no, part of noagendanation.com? No, no, it'd be, it's a Craig's Finder thing. I, 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 or maybe, maybe I don't know. He, he'll have it all on Friday. We'll figure it out. We'll put it on the show. Whenever we get it, or we'll... Or Saturday, or Friday, Thursday, whenever we do the next yeah, show. Yeah, we'll put it in the, in the show notes. I do have one quick birthday to do. Uh, just a brief one. A very good friend and big supporter of the show, GX2, celebrated his uh, birthday yesterday, so we want to make sure that we give him a, a good old No Agenda shout-out. Happy birthday, GX2, from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, our special feature. Let me give you some of the Fox effects. Going to San Francisco, California, to northern Silicon Valley, here's John C. Dvorak. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. Yeah. So, you know, I've got the Sunday Times, and again, of course, and I've said it, and I'm more convinced this week than ever, that it's the Saturday Times that's got the insider information in it. The Sunday Times today, it, unbelievable, nothing. But there's one kind of a one little propagandistic story at the bottom I should mention because we're because Petraeus is going on about Afghanistan, and I think that some of the uh, uh, elites are turning against the Afghanistan uh, episode. And I'll just read you the uh, the headline, which I think says it all. Afghans rage at young lovers. A father says, kill them both. <laughs> That's what I said to my daughter. Yeah, don't mess around with that boy. So apparently this little group, or this, this couple, had kept meeting surreptitiously, and I guess somebody discovered them in a uh, parking lot or something, and an angry crowd of 300 surged around them, calling them adulterers and demanding that they be stoned to death or hanged. And so, so that's this, what we're fighting for, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's right. Of course, yeah. that's propagandistic just for that purpose. So that's the so reason I, why so, we're there. Okay. So I had to back off to go to the Saturday Times. And, and the Saturday Times is loaded with material. A couple of interesting things. This, well, I think one of the most interesting story. Uh, well, there's two. One is this photograph that I can't even find on the New York Times website anymore. I cannot find it on Reuters anymore. I, I did find it on a Washington Post blog. And I'll send, I, I can either send you a copy or a link. It's uh, Islamists show their strength in Egypt. Now, we have seen that uh, Tahrir Square in Cairo, pictures of it. This makes that, you know, there's people milling around with, during their, their revolution. This looks like This looks like a million people that are slamming this area. It, this really does look like a problem. And it's apparently Islamists the Salafists mostly, who have come out of the woodwork uh, with the Muslim Brotherhood to demand that the whole country turn into a Sharia state, and they kick these generals out. And this is not being covered at all. I mean, it's being covered here and there, but, but mildly. And if you saw this photo, you'd go, oh, my God. Well, I think, what's, is, yeah, I think what's happening is, uh, you know, so Al-Baradai is still trying to shill his way into the, into the uh, presidency there. And everyone, now the real slaves are, are angry. Before it was just all the techno experts and Hillary Clinton's uh, trained tweeters and, uh, and Facebookers and, and that shill from Google, Gualem, whatever his name was. Walid. Walid. So now this, the people are really upset now. And this is why it's not being covered, because God forbid that we actually show the real deal. Yeah, no, this is this is major, but that's why it's in the Saturday paper. Another interesting story in the Saturday paper. There's a little picture of a little girl with dirty fingers, cute little girl with a yellow hat on, and it looks basically as though this is a front page photo. Ruby Harris, nine of Brooklyn, inspecting an edible plant during for a foraging tour. Apparently, in New York City, there's so much foraging. In other words, people are starving to death. So they've gone into Central Park and all around the city looking for food to eat. I swear to God, if you looked at this photo, you'd swear she was eating a dog turd. Wow. So that's an interesting story. And then the one that I think is really suppressed, again, in the Saturday paper, 
<laughs> this was amazing. Top generals quit in group. Stunning. Yeah, uh, this is Turks. in uh, Turkey, right? Yeah, I heard about yeah. this. This is major. Doesn't, because it, doesn't his, this have to do with Cyprus as well? I don't know if that it has really anything to do with Cyprus. This has been going on in Turkey for some time. What the, the Turkish thing is, and this is partly to do, maybe Cyprus does, has some involvement because this does have something to do with the EU. Uh, when when Ataturk took over the Turkey, he, he secularized the country and said it was ill. And anyone who even thought of bringing in some religious leadership or bringing religious, uh, breaking the church and state barrier, who were essentially thrown in jail or shot. Mm -hmm. Very harsh about, you know, especially Islamists. And the president who got in most recently kind of snuck in some awkward way, and they were, they were borderline. The generals, were, when this happened, the generals would take over the country and kick the guy out and then call for new elections until they put a, nor a normal secularist in. That, in other words, somebody's not running the country like a religion or from a religious perspective. So this last guy who got in is actually an Islamist in a very mild way, but enough so that it won't be long before Turkey, everyone's wearing a burqa, and the whole place is turned into an Islamic republic. But they normally, the, the generals would throw the guy out. But right. because the EU is, you can't do that, this is mean. And so they, <laughs> they, they kind of put the, the clamp on it. They wouldn't let these guys do what they would have normally done, and so having the upper hand the government has been arresting generals and military guys left and right and throwing them in jail and throwing the key away so the whole group got a got the clue and they just bailed out they're all leaving the country they're gone so now it's wide open for turkey to go into and turn into an islamic republic within i'd say within four four to six years isn't it interesting and perhaps it's a coincidence coincidence i think not that lucifer clinton was just there and then all this crap comes down wherever that woman goes something bad happens yeah and i'm almost of the opinion because of what's going on in turkey and also in uh egypt which, with the suppressed story about the islamists pretty much pushing their way in there i'm convinced that maybe we want this because for one thing, it does screw up the EU, especially right. if Turkey becomes a, an Islamic republic. I mean, that really puts a, a puts a, a throws a monkey wrench into the EU mechanism, and um, and the Egypt thing. I'm not sure how that's going to screw the, up the world, but it it seems to me to be some other problematic situation being created by. I don't know how much we're behind it, but. I know that they want to do a deal with the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, and right. uh, you know we want to talk to them. Obama's made that clear. He's talked about it a couple of times that we want to talk with them, even though they're like horrible terrorists, but they're not bad compared to the Salafists, which is the you know the, the similar to the Wahhabis, which is kind of a branch of this group of Islamic. Uh, I'm uh, I'm thinking uh, you know just because of the lack of media coverage of Egypt and I have been following this I'm thinking that we're not behind it and this is not what was supposed to happen and someone I well, think that's El possible I think I mean, I'm not going to argue that that's not possible right but I think Alberti was supposed to get in much sooner and he's not in and so it's kind of broken loose and and, and you know and it's like the calls going out like Anderson Anderson Pooper you're not you're not covering this don't keep him honest over there. I think it's that's just a like possibility that the Egypt thing is just going to we've completely lost control of that. But the Turkey thing, I'm almost convinced that the Turkey thing is even weirder. But the Turkey thing and the Egypt thing are extremely important to international affairs and yes. or to the future of the United States and of the future of Europe. True. And it basically shows up on the Saturday 
all this information is in the Saturday New York Times, which is the, the paper, really the paper to look at. Well, the Sunday paper has like a picture of a guy in a flood. <laughs> a uh, Someone flying a kite, I hope. U.S. sees Washington is mad and the Capitol doesn't argue. In other words, people are bitching about the, uh, the, the show that's going on that we ridiculed at the beginning of our show. Right. And, and, the, and the, the craziness going on in Tennessee, with it, which there's anti-Sharite. It's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing on the Sunday front page. And, and the Saturday paper's got people eating mud and the generals <laughs> taking over in Turkey and the... There some stories about Uganda that's interesting. And uh, Uganda, real- they're saying that they've got big oil coming, right? This is, uh, and of course, some- Bill Clinton was just in Uganda. Well, these Clintons, man, they're no good. And another one, another one on the front page of the Saturday paper. I should just mention this one because we didn't mention, and I and it, it needs some. At least we have to mention it on the show. <laughs> International own troops killed rebel chief. Oh, the leadership yeah. of the Libyan rebels acknowledged that a group of their own yeah. soldiers killed their own top military commander. <laughs> yeah, this is Abdul Fattah Yunus, and I yeah. uh, I looked into this, and I think here's what happened with this. So this guy actually defected. He was a top military guy um, with uh, for Gaddafi. He defected early on, and of course we know that the the EU and the United States we basically we declared victory. It's like, hey, the EU has opened up an office. We're flying the flag. Uh, we don't recognize uh, Gaddafi anymore. It's all the the NTC, the national, the transnational uh, coalition. Uh, these are the new guys. They are our, our interlocor. They are the guys that we talk to. And I think this guy probably was like, "Hey, hold on a second. What happened to the revolution? Yay!" And they're like, yeah, "Dude, shut up. It's not real. Not a real revolution. It's over." So I think I think this guy was the real deal. He actually. You know, for whatever reasons, he really wanted to, maybe he wanted to uh, be in charge himself, or he wanted to lead the coup, but he was not part of the uh, the game plan. And I'd actually uh, not... I like it. That I'd not heard of sense. this guy. No, I, I consulted the Book of Knowledge, looked around. Yeah, this, right, I haven't heard of him either. Yeah, you never heard of this guy, but he defected early on. He was a senior military officer. He held the rank of Major General, which I guess is up there. And he was the Minister of the Interior. He resigned early on, 22nd of February, 2011, to defect to the rebel side. Um, so I think, and he got killed by uh, the rebels. So yeah, now nah, that was interesting. And people so are saying anyway, so mysterious, the- mysterious death. It's a mysterious death. So I'm now convinced that if people want to read, keep up with what's going on in this country, at least in terms of messaging. Just by the Saturday New York Times, which I'm sure has the lowest of all the circulation of all the, the entire week. Just amazing. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. Got a fun little letter from one of our uh, human resources and uh, producer uh, of uh, the two. He's a member of the 236 Club, also a sysadmin and ham radio operator. I'm not going to mention him by name because I don't want to compromise him. Uh, in a recent show, you were talking about Lucifer Clinton, how she was hated by the Secret Service during Bill's tenure in the White House, and there were also rumors about her lady friends, which is what I'm writing about now. And of course, we love us a good lesbian gossip story. So this revelation comes to me from a Secret Service agent who works at the Fed and guards Ben Bernanke. Is our show cool or what, John? <laughs> did, did we have the Secret Service guarding Ben Bernanke? Yeah, of course. 
Jeez. He says, yes, all the governors of the Federal Reserve Board and the chairman get Secret Service protection. Yeah, of course they do. A waste of the taxpayers' money. This guy has guarded presidents before, as many of them are. Uh, my friend is politically active. He informed me that in the run-up to the two, 2008 election, Hillary was never supposed to be a candidate for the Democratic, Democratic nomination. She was going off script in her attempt to secure the nomination, and she likely will never run again either. The reason, my friend informed me, is well known in certain circles. If she does, the U.S. Secret Service will surreptitiously leak the list of female visitors Hillary had during Bill's tenure. They're holding that over her head and working her like a puppet. I don't think her bisexuality, not that there's anything wrong with that, is a secret, but I'm sure there are plenty of lives that could be made uncomfortable or ruined if that list of female visitors got out. I think John is on record as being pretty confident she won't run again. I concur, having come into possession of this tidbit. So there you go. Wow, you that's probably, a beauty. That's a good one, isn't it? That's a 10-pointer for the that's show. a good one, yeah. Well, just, uh, hey, 10 points. Nice. So uh, go on the road more. Stay on the road. <laughs> I'd like to see that list. Who could be on the list? John, let's just let's just fantasize well, we got, about we the We already list. know Anthony Weiner's girl. Yeah, Hama. Uh, uh, what's her name? Huma. Huma's on. Huma, Huma. Huma's on the list. Maybe Uma Thurman, too, just to make it a cool like mix of names. I'm sure there's a few people. I mean, I'm sure we could de- figure out who's on there's the There's got to be some celebrities in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. I, you know what? That's a list I'd love to have. Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? Yeah, that would be funny. Show me that list. <laughs> ah! Hey, got a good clip from, uh, I think, uh, the BBC. We were talking on the, the previous show about Hawalas. And Hawala's is this, uh, and this actually puts me in the right, if uh, you can believe the accuracy of this, uh, of this report. This is about the money that is transferred through these uh, weird little uh, shacks. And this is actually something I'm jealous of. Uh, this, it's a terrorist financing network. I'm very jealous of the system because uh, we could actually, it'd be much better than PayPal. I don't know what the VIG is. But here's how the Hawalas actually work. It seems to me a way to tackle this problem is to go after the money supply, go after the traders, go after their infrastructure that allows... Uh, obviously, it's not from the BBC, sorry. ...these financial exchanges to go on. I mean, that would take a coordinated effort of uh, cyber attacks, infiltrating whoever's doing business, the money laundering. Wouldn't that make a dent in some of this? No, they, I mean, they talk about that, but it's ineffectual. If, if I'm in the Middle East and I want to send you a million dollars, I go into a, a nasty little back room and there's a guy sitting there with a big stack of money, and I write along a little slip of paper your name and your phone number, and then I hand him the money, and then 15 minutes, so 15 minutes later, you walk out of a place somewhere anywhere in the world with the exact same amount of money, and there's not a single electronic transfer or any kind of... Uh, you know, banking detail. These are called hawalas. But this is how money was always transferred in the old days, and it's how terrorists and traders and businessmen, you know, pay for bills. Well, how do these hawalas do it? Uh, they they basically add up all the money that came in at one end, and then they pay it out at the other end. It's a fascinating system. It's very medieval. <laughs> but uh, if you go into Dahabashil in Somalia, you give them 100 bucks. And you walk out five minutes later, and then the guy calls you and says, yep, I got it, thanks. So, I mean, it puts ATMs to shame. So it's this black market financial exchange system. Uh-huh. Well, can't we, 
Can't we go after that and shut that down? No, because it's deliberately set up to avoid government scrutiny. You know, you got to remember, in, in a lot of these nasty countries, the last people you want nosing around in your business is the government. So these systems are set up specifically to stay out of government uh, control and away from the... Did I lose you, John? No, I'm listening. Oh, the stream crapped out. All right. Normal reporting systems. Well, if an investigative journalist like you can find them, how come government agents couldn't? Well, you know, it's funny because everybody knows about them and everybody knows where they are, but they don't have signs. You know, there isn't like a big sign that says, Secret Hall Walla, come here. <laughs> so you have to know people. It's like the old speakeasies, you know. you got to know someone that takes you there, and then uh, you're good to go. But if you, if you come at it too hard, they magically don't exist. So that's pretty cool. I, I, we need one of those hawalas for uh, for the show. Well, how, they still have to, how do they get, okay, I give uh, your hawala A and then somebody else's hawala B, and I have to, and I say, somebody give it's uh, It's very simple. It's, v- it's very simple. It's like a swap. This is how the international. Yeah, no, no, you, you got to yeah. let me finish. Okay. The question is, how does e, how does A call B without there being some something, you have to either call the guy, you have to send him a note, you have to send him an email. I mean, he just doesn't, out of the blue, doesn't know that I gave you the hundred to give to another guy. No, but that's not that hard. I mean, that's it's much easier to create some kind of code. You know, so for instance, uh, you know, if someone gives us uh, $33.33 and when that needs to be reckoned somewhere else, I just go, Squirrel! And then, oh, okay, the money's in. I mean, this whole show could be a Hawala system. Yeah, it could. We'd just be talking in code the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that would be a we end up. You know what you end up with? <laughs> hello, hello. IRS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was uh, General Hayden uh, was on uh, some forum recently. Of course, he's also, you know, these guys, all these guys. It's so sad when you see military people leave and then they get sucked in by the... Uh, the true military-industrial complex. Yeah, whatever happened to McChrystal? He seemed like an honest guy who quit. Yeah, well, that's, there you go. He was an honest guy. He's like, screw this crap. He just didn't want any... You know, there are real good people in the armed services. Uh, General Hayden, not one of them in my book. No, he's the guy who was a CIA guy. He totally. was always a CIA guy. So... Listen to what he's shilling for. This, of course, is all about the uh, cyber war. Got to be very, very careful. Listen to what he's calling for. It's a bumper sticker. And we think private enterprises should be doing right now in in physical space. I mean, Google, for heaven's sakes, was was attacked by the People's Republic of China. I've only been in the private sector for under three years, but I don't think that's normal commercial behavior. Depends where. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's yes. And so, and so, we may come to a point where defense is more actively and aggressively defined, even for the even for the private sector. And what is permitted there is something we would never let the private sector do in in physical space. I mean, you look look well. I mean, let me let me really throw out a bumper sticker for you here. How about a digital Blackwater? Okay. That's what we need. Digital Blackwater. Well, now I know what my next job is going to be. Techno expert? I might become, I think we should start a Digital Blackwater. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) 
what does that consist of? Well, actually, we could, because we've got all the sysadmins. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, the cha-ching. Nice. That's a good idea. Yeah, you'll be thinking differently of Hayden after we start Digital Blackwater. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be my buddy. <laughs> hey, Hayden, come into the RV, man. Come on. That's a good point. So, uh, yeah, no kidding. So, uh, Mimi came up with this thesis the other day. And uh, and I had to I have to say that it's, I don't think it's as far fetched as we'd like to believe that there was a lot of nerds and Silicon Valley ties who are big Obama fans. I mean, this guy really with very little experience, um, you know, a couple of years in the Senate, most of the time campaigning and community organizer, never worked a day in his life apparently. Flying on private jets. You know, so but they, they like everybody seemed to really warm up to him and like him. They think he's going to be a good guy, a great president, and all the rest of it. And she traces this back to the to the uh, to this character in a TV show that all the nerds watched: uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek Voyager and Tuvok, the Black Vulcan guy, who even talks a little like Obama. Here's a here's a clip from Tuvok. Talking, the real Obama. It was uh, quite a step for me to be able to uh, take the helm of one of the episodes. Uh, it's a rare opportunity. Uh, it is a, you're, you're completely beholden to the producers for having this opportunity to do so, and I'm very grateful for, them for giving me the chance uh, to work behind the scenes for a couple of three years as an intern and learning the process, and then getting a shot to do it uh, with a very tight and uh, professional crew uh, to help me out along the way and to. Uh, and to have the opportunity and time to prep for the episodes. A wonderful opportunity and a hell of a learning experience. You can't beat it. Wow. All right. Ten points for you. So, wow. So, for Mimi, actually. Yeah, give it to her. Yeah. She, Hello, everybody. Uh, I looked at the, watched him a couple times. He has some of the cadence of Obama with his speaking. He uses, he runs his words together a certain way that, that when Obama's soft talking, not when Obama's yelling. Which is, you know, right, mostly right. speaking. He has two voices. Obama talks in this yelling public Hello, speaking everybody. Voice. How you doing? Buenas tardes. Hey. And then when he soft talks, he sounds a lot like this Tuvok character. Beep, and beep. I'm thinking this guy was like in, ingrained. This Tuvok character was kind of put in as an engram into the, into the public consciousness, especially amongst nerds. Who warmed immediately warmed up to Obama because Obama, in some subconscious way, was a you know a, an incredibly intelligent Vulcan. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, he's totally that guy. You know, if I, I, you know, I could probably do a remix. Let me see if we get. Um, hmm, hold on a second. You have to get some of his wordage. Yeah, I got some of his wordage, but I need like some Star Trek Next Generation music. Hold on. Well, no, this is a uh, this is Voyager. This is not Next Generation. Oh, it's Voyager. Okay, hold on. Because because he, he sounds really good with that with that music in the background. Yeah, this is actually uh, this is something for uh, GX two to do. GX two Tuvok and and Obama and music. Yeah, GX two could do it. So you got. I hear from in letters or meet when I travel across the country, they aren't asking for much. They're just looking for a job that covers their bills. They're looking for a little financial security. 
They want to know that if they work hard and live within their means, everything will be all right. They'll be able to get ahead and give their kids a better life. That's the dream each of us has for ourselves. It was uh, quite a step for me to be able to uh, take the helm of one of the episodes. Uh, yeah, it's kind of there. Yeah, it's just that there's a dual tonal thing. The, uh, yeah. the, uh, the Tuvok guy's over, he's over, uh, he's over compressed and he's got a different right. mic. Right. But, yeah, you know. but we can, we can fix, we can fix that in the mix. Yeah. Good find. Uh, I'm buying that. So, uh, all the Silicon Valley guys have basically been preconditioned for years. Yeah. How long is this? Uh, how long? Oh, let's see. Maybe we you should look cons- it up in the book of knowledge. And the other thing is, it was also very aggressive because it had a, the female was the head of the ship. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jane Way, and she was a tough, tough gal, and everybody liked that. So I think it. it yeah, I think preconditioning is exactly what we're talking about here. Well, so I find here on Yahoo Answers. Is Barack Obama really Tuvok from Star Trek? And here are the answers. Best answer, no. Tuvok was logical. (laughs) 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 How about this one? Hillary Clinton does look, kind of look like Captain Janeway. My goodness, we're living in a Star Trek Voyager episode. (laughs) That's what it looks like. Oh my goodness. This is good. And if you're thinking of it, I've never seen Obama and Tuvok in the same picture. <laughs> this, this is very suspicious. <laughs> I like it. That's good. That's very, very good. The Hot Pockets for Mimi. Hot Pockets! Excellent job. Uh, as we draw near the end here, I do have a little bit on uh, Norway, Oslo. Now, I think a surefire giveaway that there is some kind of ministry of truth at work is when you have mainstream journalists acting as uh, PR representatives of people involved in this. So this is a clip. There's a, uh, a reporter from uh, NO2. So that's, the I guess, the Norway's number two show. I don't know, or their second channel, whatever. And she interviews uh, Anders Breivik's father, I guess this is his, and by the way, I think there's like 15 Anders Breviks. I don't know how many there are, but this guy's been around. And this is his father, who I guess he left when he was 15 or whatever, but for some reason, the international press is standing out. Are you okay? Yeah, I just got a breath of fresh air. Oh, oh, not too much of that. So the international press is all staked out around his, his, uh, his so-called father's home, and I guess only one reporter was allowed to interview him. That's the uh, this woman from uh, from the Norwegian state television. I think it's state television. And uh, she comes out and she starts basically speaking on his behalf in English and in French. No. He's very sad. He's very. He's still in a kind of a in a shock, and he he, he will never. He will never return to Norway because of this, uh, and he, he's ashamed. He's ashamed on behalf of his son, and he has not had very much contact with his son. Uh, they separated when he was the boy was 15 years old, and the boy said he wanted to go to to the United States, and he didn't want to have contact with his father. And even before that, they didn't have much contact. Il n'y a, a, a pas de mots où il a dit pour uh, exprimer ses, ses sentiments. Uh, il, a, il a très honte. So I find that uh, 
somewhat suspicious. And uh, there's just so much stuff here that we probably won't know any of the real story for years to come. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, it's an interesting um, mess. But it certainly has uh, sparked up the conversation about low, lone wolf terrorists. and Yeah, it did its job. It did its job, for sure. Couple of uh, and you know there's uh, and when you see some of these things you never know there may have been one lone person somewhere in the mix that was the real target of the whole thing yeah that needed to be assassinated I mean it, it's not beyond the, comp- the the possibility that a person because we don't know who was killed right yeah so, I mean that's more like a movie script obviously but there's always the possibility that you know you you just cover you you do blow up something and then shoot a million people and then the, so nobody really notices that such one, and such, yeah, such one person such, is one gone. guy has been right. killed because right. he needed to be for some reason couple of notes from the big pharma front uh, scientists hope to develop a skin cancer vaccine within a year and uh, from the off-label department... How come they can't uh, cure AIDS? Oh, don't get me started on that, please. Drug for hyperactivity may help reverse memory decline in aging brains. No. Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> Guanfacine? Gu- Is that how I pronounce it? I don't G- know. How do G- you spell it? Uh, Golf Uniform Alpha November... Foxtrot Alpha Charlie India November Echo. Guanfacine is used to treat attention deficit hyperacti- hyperactivity disorder in children and hypertension in adults. The potential to use this drug on a wider basis to help mitigate some of the effects of aging on the brain is being tested in clinical trials as we speak. It's a miracle. This is all this patent change stuff. You know, so we've got to find new uses for stuff so it can create a new patent to keep uh, selling it at, uh, at crazy, outrageous prices. Meanwhile, in the country that was looked at so much during the Obamacare debate, United Kingdom, Gitmo Nation East, where they have such a fantastic health care system, the national uh, health system, um, they are now cutting back because, of course, everyone's going through austerity measures. Uh, operations and procedures for cataracts, hips, knees, and tonsils being rationed (laughs) (laughs) you can't walk tough hey you got two hips what's your problem shut up here's here's a cane (laughs) here's a a stick stick, you'll like it damn it and then uh, just nice to mention that the CIA station chief chief who ran the operations in Pakistan during the raid that killed Osama bin Laden or whatever his name is He's leaving his post due to illness. They're really covering this stuff up. The, every, anybody who was involved in that farce, anybody, is either being eliminated, outed, uh, or is getting sick. Yeah, well, that's the way it works. So happy huh. I don't have a government job, man. Well, you wouldn't be on the radio, that's for sure. I, I'd have I'd have more to eat. That's uh, that's just yeah, a, you're down in Texas. I'm telling you that barbecued brisket, <laughs> man. I'd be heading for that immediately. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, one of my favorite brisket places around the Austin area. I think. Let me see if I have the right name. 
It's called, I think it's called Bee Cave Road Barbecue. Mm -hmm. uh, Bee Cave. People will know about it. It's very famous. Okay. It's, uh, it's out on Bee Cave Road, which is out in the middle of nowhere. It's toward the, heading toward the Delta. And, and the guy has got this cooker that is huge cooker. And he, he cooks his, his brisket uh, over a mesquite and, uh, mm, that sounds and, good. and pecan shells. Wow, that sounds that's, awesome. That's actually his uh, his trick is the pecan shells. That sounds great. And and what's this guy's name? Can we still hit him up before we leave town? What the Bee Cave Road? Yeah, because it's just the Bee Cave Road barbecue. It's out. You, people know. You just ask around. Everybody knows about it. It's fairly famous amongst the barbecue aficionados in Texas in the Austin area. Yeah, I've noticed when you roll up in this thing, people like step back. Yeah, you know, it's like when you roll down. Are you coming out shooting? What's the deal? <laughs> hey, from the biodiversity department. The science is in. Science. Satellite data from NASA covering 2000 through 2011 has cast doubt on current computer models predicting global warming, according to a new study. The data shows that much less heat is retained by carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere than is assumed in current models. Quote. What? Yes. Quote. This can't be true. Hey, hey, hey. The science is in. Science. science. The science is in. There is a huge discrepancy between the data and the forecasts. That is especially big over the ocean, says Dr. Roy Spencer, co-author of the study and research scientist at the University of Alabama. And that's satellite data from NASA. No wonder they shut this thing down. No wonder they fired everybody at NASA. These guys were too honest. Not playing with the game. Well, the one guy, that Hansen character who came out of NASA... From the Hansen brothers? Yeah, he apparently was. I mean, he's the one that's the progenitor of the whole global warming thing. This is, yeah, you know, I don't know what to say. Well, stuff other than that, we uh, haven't talked about. Yeah, other than that, it's just stuff that uh, that is not being covered. I mean, I haven't seen this report anywhere discussed. Uh, I mean, where's Anderson Pooper? How it's come not this is, in the? Uh, it's not on the agenda. Yeah, it's uh, how come it's not on the arena? And it obviously, since everybody's in total agreement, yes. it can't possibly Science! exist. Can't be. The, inf the information cannot exist because everybody's in total agreement. Everybody. Everybody. There's just no doubt about it. And then we'll wind it up with this little ditty. 33. Announcing 33. A couple of uh, magic number uh, reports of note. Starbucks. Third quarter net income up 33%. Time to start drinking something else, I'd say. And this one just killed me. More than two dozen Mexican soldiers accidentally invaded Texas in Humvees on Tuesday after <laughs> allegedly losing sight of the borderline between the two countries. 33 soldiers were quickly processed by U.S. authorities and allowed to return to Mexico. If there ever was a, a message in the number 33, that's one of them. We're not quite sure what it means, but it doesn't bode well. A little annoyed. In fact, I'm getting a little annoyed by the fact that we haven't figured out what this means. Well, I think it's being it's used in a whole bunch of different ways. And yeah, I don't uh, think so. I think this is being used for one way, and I'm guessing it's stock tips. 
<laughs> I have something here. I have no idea why I have this clip. Let me see what this is. You're the dirty disbelievers. Oh, yeah. The evil disbelievers. <laughs> yeah, right. Evil! 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 <laughs> Come on, son. Settle down. Brown. Is it, was this the House or the Senate? Yeah, no, that was uh, NASA. That was the guy saying, this can't be true. All right, everybody. I have, wait, I have a crappy oh, clip, too, good, so you get to do you. this. All right, you got a crappy Go to one. my hoard. This is a clip from Hoarders, which we watched uh, last night, one love of the newer show. episodes. Yeah, love and it's show. some poor girl that just pathetic. She seemed okay at the beginning, but she's just a big baby. She's crying, and she's, wor- she's worried sick because her dad is a is a really... Uh, there's no... He, he's, a, he's a hoarder. He's a mess. And she uh, she explains herself, and I, I told my daughter, I said, you know, if you ever, if it, you're going to be... If, you're if it comes to this, if it comes if, to if this. Ever, if I ever hear this coming from you, you're going off the bridge. Like you're handling it now? Well, so many of these situations are tragic situations in that there is not a good outcome. I just want you to be happy because I'm never going to be happy. <laughs> and if one of us should be happy, that's the best that I can do. Well, I'm kind of happy. I'm, I'm but really, I'm not. Well, I never I, have been. My whole life, that, I've been hiding it. I know that's something that's between your ears. You know? <laughs> you, 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 only, only you can deal with that. Dad, it's right here. <laughs> it's growing up in this house. It's thinking this is normal. Her father's not really going to change. Daddy! Trust Daddy, where's the slide whistle? <laughs> I can't find the slide whistle. It's buried under all your stuff. <laughs> Alright, let me top that. Let me top that with a new scientific breakthrough. Scientists in South Korea have created a glow-in-the-dark dog with an on-and-off switch. <laughs> the beagle was made using a cloning technique that the researchers hope will help in efforts to find new treatments and possible cures to degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. There it is! Two-year-old Tagun was genetically engineered <laughs> to glow and taste on dog with an on-and-off switch. So this is how they're going to dot you. Excuse me, you're glowing. You have Alzheimer's. We're so sorry, Mr. Curry. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what passes for news, everybody. That's uh, pretty much what it is. Anyway, we do have the No Agenda producer update coming. Uh, Miss Mickey, uh, probably sitting poolside. Uh, she'll be uh, on the other side of the compound here. Where we got guns and iPads in the great state of Texas, where we are Lord Wolves. And, of course, we'll be talking to you again, uh, I believe, from Nashville, Tennessee next time, everybody. So, hope. We hope, depending on the bandwidth, we'll see what happens. Thanks to Greg Lawley, Lawman Productions, here in the great state of Texas, for uh, hooking us up with showers, air conditioning, and uh, sorry about the extension of the Colorado River on your front lawn. There you go. So, coming to you from Austin, Texas, possible future home. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, plain and simple, I'm John C. Dvorak. And we will talk to you again on uh, Thursday, where we will hopefully have a remix of Tuvok and Obama, never seen together in the same picture, right here on No Agenda. Slide whistle us out, Bubba!
Adios, mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A